We're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema. Each week's film is connected to the last by a single cast member, and so it continues forever, or until we can't be asked anymore. This week's film is... The Wicker Man, but not the good one. How's it going, George? I'm good, cheers, Dan. How are you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, mate. Yeah, nice and relaxed. Watched a few things, as we always do. Um, speaking of which, uh, should we get into whether you've seen anything good this week, mate? Yeah, love to, mate. So um, I've watched a couple of things this week, um, which was good. So basically this week, uh, me and Shah, we've done something we haven't done in a long time, and that is we watched some TV series. Um, I don't know why, but for the last sort of like four or five months, uh, I've been sort of just concentrating on watching movies. I haven't played that many computer games compared to my usual amount, and um, I've just been sticking with movies. There's lots of TV shows that I have um, missed, um, but this week we watched two. The reason we managed to watch two in a week is because both the series were six-part um, series. Nice, bitch, so bash, bosh, get it done. That's it, you know. It, sometimes it's a bit daunting, isn't it? When you look and you go, oh, my God, like there's like five seasons and there's like 24 episodes in every one. You're like, mm. oh, my God. Um, so th- this was this was really nice. Short, concise, bang. So the first series we watched, I'm sure you would have heard of it. You could have seen it possibly. Um, it uh, it was number one on Netflix last week. It was um, Behind Our Eyes. Have you heard of it, seen it? Uh, I've heard of it. I've seen it all over my feed. I have yet to yet to watch it. <laughs> oh, well, um, the best thing about it is for me not to say too much because it's one of those shows that it's good to sort of go in blind and just, um, you know, experience it. But all I would say is that the first sort of like four, maybe four and a half episodes, I was like, this is okay. This is quite gripping. It's nothing unbelievable. You know, it's just it's just a, a good TV show, a good sort of six-part series. And then the last episode and a half, the excitement proper ramped up. And by the end, it left me like, it proper hit me. Um, and again, I don't want to say why it hit me, because it's better not to know anything, but it proper the ending really stuck with me like i was thinking about it the next day and the next day and the next day and i think that is the sign of a really good and well done um show so behind our eyes yeah it's what you want for sure and um it's really good and i think anyone who's seen it will know what i mean by you know what happens towards the end it's just really chilling and interesting and, and, and and really really good so that is definitely worth a watch um, the second one, mate, is um, another six-parter we watched, um, but this time uh, a very realistic, a very raw, a very visceral one, which was um, the um, uh, the murder at White House Farm. Have you heard of murder at White House Farm? Uh, yeah, I've heard of the case. I haven't seen the programme. I, I know there is uh, something now on Netflix. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I'm aware of the true true crime. Yeah, so um, with this one, I believe it was on ITV about uh, two, three years ago. Netflix have picked it up and it's been again in the top 10 recently. And again, what attracted us was that it was only six parts. And the other thing is I I love a true story. I love to sort of watch something that's meant to be, you know, uh, a a true story and then read up about it at the end and find out how real was that? You know, they take much artistic license, you know, what were the real ins and outs of the case, etc. And this is a brutal story of um, five or six people that are murdered in a, in a farmhouse in Essex and um, it, it, like I said it's a real case and you can look up the actual person you know that was accused etc etc and um, yeah really really interesting show loads of good British talent in it it had um, oh, it's got Stephen Graham in who's an actor I really like and he plays a cop in lots of things I've seen and usually he plays a, he plays a good cop but in this he actually plays um, a, a bad cop you know someone who makes some really bad decisions 
And um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's all round, you know, really, really gripping watch. And um, yeah, you know, it, it, it sort of, it, 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 you know, showed me, um, you know, a case I didn't know much about from, you know, the 80s in the UK. And um, yeah, it's, it's a good show, mate. It's interesting to watch. Yeah, mate, I'm looking forward to watching both of those, which I have planned to do. Um, so your recommendation means a lot. Yeah, definitely. Oh, that's, that means a lot. Well, like I say, the fact that there's six parts, you can just, you can stick it on at six or seven in the evening. By 10 o'clock, you'll want to watch the fourth or fifth episode. Do you know what I mean? You'll just mm. be, I, I think it's, it's it's a really good, short, concise, six episodes. You'll bash it out over two nights. And you know what I mean? You can just feel like you've actually completed a series and finished yeah. something and seen the story through start to finish. So both of them, Behind Her Eyes, Murder at White House Farm, are good Netflix um, shows to watch for you or, or, or anyone listening. So that's me, mate. Um, what about you? What have you been watching this week? Have you watched anything good? Yeah, the, the one thing, I'm not going to say good, but the one thing worth talking about hmm. is uh, another... Uh, another property that's dropped on Netflix um, over the last week um, out of nowhere with little fanfare, um, which is the film Capone starring uh, Tom Hardy. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. Um, I've seen it on my feed. And also uh, one of my friends mentioned they'd seen it recently um, and, and didn't like it, to be honest. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, either did I. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. I agree with your friend. Um, but basically, this film, for anybody who doesn't know, is uh, about Al Capone, or specifically about the last year, the the final year in Al Capone's life at the age of just 47. He died quite early. Um, he was a notorious Chicago gangster in the 1920s, if you've never heard of him. Um <clears throat> And basically this film tra uh, tracks uh, the last year of his life after he's just been released from prison. Uh, he was convicted of tax evasion for all the horrible things he did back in the day. They only actually ever caught him for evading tax, uh, which is fun, uh, a fun fact. <laughs> um, uh, but at this point, his, he's had syphilis for a very long time um, and hasn't treated it. And his brain is is completely riddled, meaning he's like displaying signs of like dementia um he's confused weak and very erratic and dangerous um and this movie kind of just follows his spiraling health his into its inevitable conclusion um it's a very simple plot and a very good idea um it's just not very well executed i think there is a really really good even great movie in here somewhere uh, but this just isn't it um tom hardy is reliably good as as you would always expect from him he's great in places but sometimes he just feels like he needs to be reined in sometimes uh, at some points um by a by a very strong director i would say josh trank um who's the director of this has had a let's say uh stormy career um he's he's yeah. quite famous for being uh the man who helmed the most recent fantastic Four movie uh which was an absolute shit show um mm. but this film is also a bit of a mess it's not an absolute fail i don't think uh, but i don't think i can recommend it on the other side either um it does touch on some nice themes uh such as guilt trauma loss of power and masculinity and fortunes um but it's just a complete missed opportunity for me it's a shame because i was looking forward to seeing it i've been looking forward to seeing it for a year or two now uh, but it's just a bit muddled with a, an occasional compelling scene um but it's yes yeah, just not particularly satisfying which is a shame so i can't recommend it i'm afraid no oh, that is a shame um one thing that it sounds brave that they've taken a character like al capone 
and gone, let's focus on the last year of his life. You know, let's like not look at him in his absolute pomp as a gangster mm-hmm. and let's look at him, you know, on the decline. So that seems really brave. But on with saying that, the reason I think my friend didn't like it is because he was expecting to see, you know, gangsters and cars and Tommy guns mm. and, and, and shootouts in, in restaurants and, you know, money laundering. Where, whereas he got a movie about, you know, the demise of a, of a famous gangster. Like you say, he was going through, you know, syphilis in the brain and getting dementia. And so I yeah. think it was a different movie than he thought he was going to get. And I think that might hurt a lot of the audience score of it, you know. If you're looking for that type of movie, on the whole, you will be disappointed. There are glimpses of that movie. There are kind of dream sequence flashbacks of some horrific uh, things that happened under his leadership back in the 20s. Um, And there's also um, potential spoilers here, but not really. um, A Tommy gun, in fact, a gold-plated Tommy gun used to wield in another dream sequence, which is one of the most interesting parts of it, I would say. Um, So... But I agree, on the whole, if you're looking for that kind of gangster flick, all action kind of shootouts, chases and all that, it's not this. But having said that, I think there is a really good film to be had about the dying days of a gangster um, and and about specifically Al Capone's dying days. I just don't think this film nailed it. And there are glimpses of this film getting close to nailing it and getting close to an overall very good film but it just doesn't it just falls flat a bit at the end um with with, with some decent bits i would say although i can't recommend it i wouldn't turn you away from it because there's some interesting things to be seen in there there's an interesting certainly interesting performance uh by tom hardy um it's just it's it's not a great film unfortunately oh that's a shame um but like I say, at least we've got a uh, you know an, a five star movie to watch tonight or to talk about tonight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Talking of performances, uh, let's get, <laughs> we'll get into that one in a minute. Is there anything before we do get crack on uh, with this movie, mate? Um, yeah, just one final thing for me. Um, oh. So this week we um, received a, a voice note. Um, so it's from uh, my friend Jamie, and he, he's a fan of the podcast and. The other day he was listening to some of our back episodes, you know, he's, he's been catching up on a few. And um, basically he sent me a voice note on, on WhatsApp um, because, um, yeah, he he like sort of wanted to um, get his point across. So what I'll do is I'll play it for you, Dan, and then, you know, we'll see what you think um, of his point. Hey, mate. How you doing? Um, sorry, I'm down of breath. I just listened to your top five Arnie films while doing um, doing a 5K around Winton Wreck. Um, I just want to say it's a disgrace that you haven't put Jingle all the way in your top five. Just an absolute disgrace. Um, I don't know how you can look your dad straight in the face anymore. That you've just disregarded it like that. It's embarrassing. See you there. To be fair to him, he's got a fair point. Jingle all the way, all the way is a stone cold classic. Um, but what films would you replace it for in your top five? Do you remember your top five Arnie films? Uh, I think I do. I mean, I, I mean, both we had number one the same, which was Terminator Two. I had the Terminator in there, so that's two. I had Conan the Barbarian. Um, I didn't have Commando, which you did. Yes. Oh, True Lies. We both had True Lies. Yeah. Um, there's one I'm missing again. We had a very similar top. Oh, Predator. Yes. So I, my, I've got mine in front of me. Actually, I went Terminator Two, Commando, Predator, yeah. Total Recall, True Lies. Um, 
Now, Jingle All The Way, I love Jingle All The Way, and I used to watch it on absolute loop. Um, so I do agree with Jamie um, uh, to a point about that. However, I'm not willing to sacrifice any of those top five for Jingle All The Way. If it was a top six, it might have a chance, but I'm not sacrificing any of those top five for Jingle All The Way. No, I, I 100% agree. Uh, I'm sorry, Jamie, on this one. I, th- I think you're wrong. Um, and actually, I- I'd love Jamie to uh, you know send another voice note in to um, actually to give us his Arnie Top 5 because I'd, I'd be interested to see where Jingle All The Way would land and what movies out of our five or six that we've talked about, you know, um, he would take out. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, I can say, uh, watch this space, you know, Jamie, you can get back in touch. And, I, I can um, see him going, number one, Jingle All The Way. Number two, Junior. <laughs> number three, Around <laughs> The World In 80 Days. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I don't doubt it. Um, I, I I can see that. And um, one thing about Jamie, I will say, he won't mind me saying, is that he he much prefers a realistic type movie. So he's not a massive fan of things that could never ever conceivably happen. Mm. I.e., you know, a Terminator style film. He'd much rather watch, uh, you know, a realistic type movie. And mm. so that that's why I think Jingle All the Way might score higher for him. Anyway, we'll see what he comes back with. But um, yeah, interesting feedback. And cheers for the feedback, Jamie. And uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I, I think, you know, even if the feedback is like, oh, George and Dan, you're completely wrong on something. I love hearing what people think about what we think. And, you know, I just love all that. Yeah, exactly. And and if people do want to tell us we're wrong about anything, feel free to head over to infinitefilmclub.com and contact us. Or you can send us a voice note. You can send us a, just a, a text message. You can send us anything you want. They can also send us an email. Where do they do that, George? Easy peasy. It's um, infinitefilmclub at gmail.com. So, Get your emails in. Like Dan said, go on the website. The website's fantastic. It's got like this real amazing list of all the movies we've done. And it's got, you know, you can easily just click on it and just listen to previous podcasts. So, yeah, you've done a cracking job with that website and people go on it because it is good. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, Should we crack on with this week's film? Yeah. Um, So this week's film is The Wicker Man 2006. Drop the trailer. Afternoon. Sorry about that. It's okay. I'll get it. Give me your hand! Edward, I know that we haven't spoken in a few years. I need your help. I need your help. I have a daughter. Her name is Rowan. She has been missing for two weeks now. I fear she is in danger, so now I turn to you. Be careful and believe nothing that you see or hear. Lost your bearings? Hey, sorry. Snuck up on me there. This is private property. Do you know her? Hmm, I don't recognize this child. Welcome. still here she has been taken by who i don't know i'll find her if she existed we would know of her whose desk is this hmm? Rowan? hello you suspect foul play hey! wicker man returns 
Who's the wicker man? I'm gonna search every inch of this town. She burned to death. She burned to death. <laughs> I need your help. Before we do anything else, mate, do you want to give us one of George's famous synopsis? Mm. So, The Wicker Man is um, a movie about a um, a gentleman. Um, he's a cop, and he basically um, witnesses uh, a real bad tragedy uh, towards the start of the movie. And then he goes to uh, he gets a letter. Um, which basically entices him to a mysterious island. He goes to this mysterious island, and then he walks around many of the uh, the local inhabitants talking to them, and <laughs> and, then, and then we get the ending. So I don't want to like ruin it, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do, do you know what? To be fair, the first one that I found on Google uh, oh. isn't much more detailed. Uh, check this one out. <laughs> A reclusive lawman, Nicholas Cage, travels to a secluded island to search for a girl who has gone missing. Once there, he discovers sinister forces at work among the island's secretive residents, including strange sexual rituals, a harvest festival, and a possible human sacrifice. Mm. I mean, how could you not read that and think, I want to watch that movie? Yeah. <laughs> You'd be wrong. Um <laughs> Um, but before we give too many opinions on this, mate, uh, do you want to tell us what your history is with this film? Yeah, so this film itself, um, I have literally no history. Um, to be honest, Nicolas Cage is one of those actors that because of the like, in the last 10 years of his career, I generally stay away from on films of his, mm. which is a shame because he has got films I do like. But on the whole, uh, I would say I don't like Nicolas Cage movies, you know, the majority of them. Yeah. Anyway, um, it is worth pointing out. So about two or three years ago, the original Wicker Man was a film that I hadn't seen, and that was a big, you know, a big gap in 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 my you know film uh, you know knowledge repertoire or whatever. So I, I, I made a point to watch it, and I watched it, and um, I, I really liked it. Um, I, I can see why you know it's it's regarded as a, you know, a great horror film, and um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'd like to watch that again because um, you know I feel like only watching it once, it, you know, doesn't do it justice. It, mm. it, the more I watch it, you know, the more I get out of it. Um, so I've seen the original Wicker Man. I absolutely love the original Wicker Man, uh, but I'd never seen this, and I wouldn't have watched this, to be honest, unless we picked it for our podcast. Um, the only other thing I've got to say about the Wicker Man, the 2006 one, that we um, we watched, is that I'd seen lots of memes and GIFs, and I'd heard this film talked about um, as being, you know, not it didn't review great. It was it seemed like it was universally slated, so yes. that's why it was on my radar. Yeah, you know, um, what about you? So what was your history with The Wicker Man, if there is any? I saw The Wicker Man a very long time ago. I don't know which version, because I know there's like three different versions out there. Um, This is... Sorry, I'm talking about the original here, not this piece of shite. Um, I saw the original <laughs> Wicker Man a very long time ago. I need to revisit that. That's on my list of things to revisit very soon. Um, this one, very similarly to you, I've seen clips of it here, there and everywhere. Not sure whether I've ever seen it all the way through. It does, I, after watching it, I don't think so. Um, but I've certainly seen a lot of funny clips. I remember showing you a compilation of um, Nicolas Cage going crazy uh, video while we started this podcast about six months ago um and a lot of clips from this appear in there 
Yeah, and I think people that haven't watched this film, if they watch it, will go, hi, I've been sending that on WhatsApp. I've been sending that on Facebook. I've been doing it because like, there's just some bits that everyone's been sent. So if you're wondering where these Nicolas Cage things come from, I reckon they mostly came from this film. Yeah. Um, I too remember really liking the original, uh, by the way. And again, I have heard horror stories about how bad this film is and how much of a bad remake it is. Um, so went in... Uh, with certain expectations because a lot of those reviews says it's one of those films that it's so bad it's good um so i was this is why i was quite giddy last week in watching this because i love a film that is so bad it's good um so oh. uh this is what i was expecting so let's see if that's what happened um so the opening of this film uh it kind of opens on some californian hills um uh, in the middle of the us of a um and we go to a diner where nick cage who's obviously a cop because he's dressed so um is looking at a self-help book yeah so a couple of questions already and <laughs> forgive me honestly right I i'm going to mention this all the way through the one word i'll do confused yeah i'm confused so firstly when the hell is this taking place because my question is so not that a moustache means it is the 80s, but his friend who he's with looked well 80s. He had a moustache. Yeah. And you're right, he goes to pick... And I thought he was picking up a VHS. So I'm thinking, he's picking up a VHS, a, a self-help VHS. I might be wrong with that, but like VHS, a moustache, this old-looking diner. I'm like, when does this film take place? What did you think about this? Was Did you have any sort of like time and place that you could... I, I assumed it was present day to 2006, considering he's got a flip mobile flip phone. Um, yes, this all confused me. Like twenty minutes later, he's on the phone trying to get <laughs> signal. So then I thought to myself, has time moved on? And I thought, but it doesn't look any different. So anyway, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, no, I assumed it was present day. Um, I believe later on we find out what he was looking at. What I said was a self help book, and you thought was a VHS. Uh, was tapes? I think they're audio tapes, self help audio tapes. Um, so that would make sense. Um, although in 2006, surely you could get it on an MP3 or a website or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. Check out some videos. But what's of hilarious, this, you know, this is taking place in the first one minute. So there's <laughs> something that, you know, you've got the wrong end of the stick. I got the wrong end of the stick. We're both massively confused from the first minute. So just saying, you know, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> but luckily, the next scenes are pretty self-explanatory. He's riding around on his motorbike, giving out tickets to random people. Um <laughs> looking like it's looking, so good it's like a montage isn't it of, yeah. like, of him just like riding around doing what a cop would do in the california hills yeah <laughs> and then there's a great action set piece where this raggy doll gets thrown out of a car dropped out of a car and he picks it up with one hand while still riding his motorbike which is which is pretty badass um and then he pulls over a very very polite girl and her mum <laughs> i say polite i mean rude, yeah. as, rude as fuck I mean, I've got a, a, a note, bold letters, brat. She's an absolute <laughs> brat, this little girl. Um, she basically, uh, her mum's, he comes up to the car, doesn't he? And he says, you know, oh, what, you know, did you drop your doll? And the, the mum basically says, oh, my, my daughter did it because she, well, she she's a brat, but basically she's being naughty. And he, he gives her the doll back, doesn't he? He says, oh, you know, you should be you should be more careful with the doll. And then she throws it back out the window. And I'm just like, oh, my blood is boiling. Like, that is the height of rudeness. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. Uh, so, Cage goes and retrieves it, doesn't he, and, and uh, goes to give it back to him. Um, but before he can, an 18-wheeler smashes through the car, absolutely decimating it. 
Yeah, I mean, this was like foreshadowed like a couple of seconds before because do you notice a, a big eighteen wheeler went past them mm -hmm. as they were sort of talking before? So that was almost a bit random, you know. They just sort of put that in the film, and then you're right from the other direction as he's going to get the doll. One actually smashes into the car, which was quite shocking actually. I mean, I wasn't expecting that. And um, basically, uh, the car sort of goes into a ditch, doesn't it? And it sets on fire. And Nicolas Cage is, you know, at the back window trying to say to the little girl, you know, grab my hand, grab my hand. Come on, I can save you. And she just sits there, <laughs> just stares at him. Yeah, she just sits there, just stares at him as the flames engulf the car. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, quite strange, really. You know, you're thinking, mm, what, what's, what's going on? What, what's this mystery? Why did the girl just sit mm. there? You know, what, what happened? And then it explodes. He goes flying into the road, looks back in horror. Roll the titles. Yeah, the, the 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 title comes. I mean, I've got a, a note as well. I didn't think his acting of being knocked out was very good. <laughs> what, are you accusing you know I mean? Nicolas Cage of not doing particularly <laughs> great acting at some point? Well, basically, what it is when he's laying there on the floor, like supposedly like knocked out from the from the explosion. I just, I don't know. I just looked at him and thought, you look like you're knocked out. You look like you're about to smile. Like, I don't know. It's There's just, so many bits yeah. in this that we'll talk about later where I think exactly the same. You don't look like you're scared. You don't look like you're running. You don't look like you're in pain. <laughs> He's just not getting across these emotions or feelings at all at certain points. Uh, so that, that will keep coming up, I think. hundred <laughs> percent. Also, something else I, I made note of as well is... Um, uh, him riding around the sort of California in the hills on, on, on that police motorbike um, again is is giving us a hint of what might be coming later because later he, <laughs> he's sort of attached to a bicycle isn't he riding around <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that bit mate <laughs> uh, but before we do after the titles uh, we see uh, a prescription drugged up cage obviously suffering from trauma or something uh, watching westerns at home and then uh, hmm. he's popping pills isn't he he is. And also something I noticed, um, which is a proper movie sort of trope, um, is if the main character is wearing sweatpants and a, and a, and a sort of sweat top, um, that always means that they're in a bad place. Yeah. It? yeah, it means they're going to you know <laughs> stick a gun in their mouth at some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You can't be comfy without being depressed in film. No, absolutely. Like, it's such an easy way for the filmmakers to tell us this guy's at his lowest ebb. He's wearing yeah. tracky bottoms. Like, yeah. I wear them every day. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my God. And then there's also the the cliche cop turns up from the, from the, from the station to check up on him. She comes around. Um, he's got a commendation, apparently. I don't know what for, for pulling over a, 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 a mother and, and child and they end up dying, but he gets a commendation for that. Um, even though he didn't manage to survive, um, he didn't manage to save either of them either. So I don't know what he's being commended for. Um, and then he, he says he's taking some time off. Um, the bodies weren't recovered from the car. Mm. Um, so this is a bit of a mystery, you know, which um, you know hopefully will be resolved later on. Um, and also the car wasn't registered. So, you know, so who are these people? Mm. So we don't know who they are and the bodies were never recovered. So this is, you know, like intriguing. It's like, a you know, mystery. <laughs> Big time. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? All, you know, all we can think at this point is like, you know, give me more. What's, you know, I can't wait to find out the resolution of this. Yeah. This thread is going to really pay off later on. I can't mm. wait. Mm. So... One of the letters that this cop delivers, she has some fan mail or some such. Um, one of them is uh, like a breakup letter. Uh, it reads like a breakup letter. And his, his ex is basically writing and saying that she has a child and is 
living living on a place called Summer Isle in Puget Sound, I think it said, or Puget Sound. Um, there's a photograph of that girl. Um, looks similar to the one in the car. Um, and it turns out this girl is missing, um, which for me, I, at this point, I didn't get a, ma- a great look at the photo. And I was like, well, is this is it suggesting that that girl in the car is this photograph? Are we supposed to believe that at this point? I didn't know. Well, both girls had a red uh, cardigan on. Mm-hmm. Um, they both had the pigtails. They're, they're both blonde. And so, again, the second time I'll, I'll use the word like massively confused, I, I you know, I was sitting there going, wait, what have I missed? I had to rewind it a little bit, like two seconds, you know. Is the girl meant to be the same girl who died in the car? Why isn't Nicolas Cage like, you know, uh, saying that or at least hinting that? I, I don't know. I just do. I do not know what the fuck's going on. All I know, he's got a letter. There's a picture of a little girl. He looks exactly like the girl we blew up yeah. in a car crash earlier on. Yeah. So, uh, luckily, again, this will be clarified later, which is great. Um, <laughs> yeah, excellent. <yeah. laughs> but then he yeah. uh, then he heads down yeah. to the, the station, doesn't it? Oh, actually, first of all, he gets a he gets a, a prank call, doesn't he? And no one's there. Um, so <laughs> something's amiss. Yeah. That's it. Don't worry. Another thread that will be 100% uh, wrapped up later. And also, I've got a question. You, you might be able to help me, Dad. So when he got the letter from his ex-girlfriend um, at Summer Isle, yeah. why did he go on the internet and go onto a, a like a, uh, an organic food website and search the name? I, I, I don't know what the hell was going on. I too didn't understand. Now I thought I had got it wrong, and that he had searched for Summer Isle, and and the, the they basically make money maybe from the R by having an organic food website where they sell stuff from. But why is he searching it within the website? All he had to do was go on Google, but Summer Isle, and it would have come up like where it is. Okay, yeah. I, oh, I mean, I just realised like because as we find out sort of soon soon um, you know in the movie they they sell honey this this. Community, yeah. don't they? Mm. So that makes a little bit of sense. But anyway, massively confused why he was looking it up originally on a on an organic food website. So whatever. But obviously, the stamp was in the shape of a bee, wasn't it? And then obviously they sell this organic honey, and there's a bee image on the website as well. So he's like, oh yeah, okay, it's you know they've got some hives down there, which is great. And yeah. that's you know another subtle foreshadow for later on. So let's uh, let's head to the place that I really shouldn't be heading to. Um, but oh. <laughs> down at the station, um, he asks a cop about his, one of his friends about the letter that he received and they have a, a nice exposition conversation about the fact he was engaged and uh, whatever happened to her. And uh, they talk about, he talks about Summer Isle being some sort of farming commune, um, which is interesting. Um, so in this, it's called Summer's Isle, isn't it? Mm, it is, yeah. Summer's Isle is the, is the, is the island. It's, it's in, in Washington State, I think they say, isn't it? That's right. But in, in the original, it's just called Summer Isle. Um, but apparently, mm. apparently um, the uh, they, the producers thought that uh, Americans would struggle saying Summer Isle. Uh, so they changed it to Summer's Isle, which I don't see why the Americans would struggle. <laughs> That is literally mental. So the Americans have a problem with dropping an S. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Isle, Summer's Isle. Um, very strange. Um, one thing I did think is that later in the movie, they do mention that um, their descendants from uh, are, are from Britain. Yes. And I thought, hmm, I, I, I like it. I know it's a bit of a stretch, but I thought, oh, I wonder like whether at some point they were thinking of making this almost like a sequel to The Wicker Man, mm. where we've got, we've had the story of The Wicker Man, and then these are descendants, you know, 30 years later who moved from Britain to, you know, to, to this place, and we're getting another, you know, the same history repeating itself. But that isn't what they said, because the, the descendants that moved there um, did so 
a very long time ago um, during like the Salem witch trials and things like that. So it was a very long time ago. It wasn't 30 years. Oh, I see. So the, yeah, that, like I said, that theory is, um, is put a bit. That's good, but that would have been interesting though. <laughs> yeah, that could have been a, you know, a, good, a, good, a good way for it to, to go. Yeah, absolutely. But like I say, you know, um, you know they decided to go the, the way they went and we'll see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, so off to the aisle he goes on a ferry um so he's he's still sat there he's probably had this letter in his in his possession for a day or two uh, but he's still pouring over it and reading it uh, which they always do in films don't they they have to read things about 400 times before they understand it um, and he's looking at the photograph but wait there's a girl who looks just like the girl on the ferry standing looking over the over the bars is yeah it i mean you know is this real or is it a dream or <laughs> is it her We'll never find out because she got smashed by an eighteen-wheeler in the middle of the sea. Bang! Like literally hits in like a like a yeah. I was gonna say like a freight train, but no, like an eighteen-wheeler. He's he's having sort of mm. uh, flashbacks of the, of this incident, isn't he? Like, there's no um, they don't really share how long ago that incident was, no. and that's why what I was getting at, like it, it would have made a little bit more sense. Like it, it just basically the start of the film just looked well old school to me, like well eighties. And if they just like said, you know, that was ten years ago, it'd have been oh, okay. I understand that, but there's no, you don't know how much time has passed between. It's, like, it's got to be quite recent. It's I think uh, weeks or, or a few months, maybe I think, because he's getting a commendation, and that they don't give that years down the line, do they? Especially ten years down mm. the line and things like that. Um, and he said he's just taken a few weeks off, so it must have been quite recent. But um, you're right. It, this was his holiday. It feels like a place out of time, doesn't it? Mm, it's, it's strange. Um, one I was one other thing I noticed. Sorry, on the boat as well is he, he's slapping on the old um aftershave around his neck, isn't he? So he's obviously quite excited to see his ex missus. That's right. Yeah, he's he still uh, holds a candle for her. Um, but also he he needs to make sure he's mentally prepared. So he smashes some more prescription drugs as well, uh, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he calls his mate Pete back at back at the um back at the station. Um, but his re reception drops off. Uh, so a nice clang there that the fact that he's becoming isolated um, and he'll, he'll make sure he does that a few more times in the film just so we know how isolated he is. Um, just in case you forget yeah. that he's got no reception, they'll just ram it down your throat a few times. <laughs> and uh, you know, at this point, you know, he's not even on the island. So like, how bad is the yeah. reception going to be when he gets there? Like, yeah. It's going to be it's going to be absolutely tragic. Maybe, maybe his SIM card, up. maybe his SIM card will just turn to ashes when he gets to the <laughs> next to the island. <laughs> well, there's a bit coming up, right? That I like is when so after the um, after the boat and um, he, you know he tries to make the call, can't get through, blah blah blah. So he he need, now needs to get onto a onto a seaplane, doesn't he? Yes. And um, he thinks the way to like he thinks the way to like uh, say hello to anyone in the in the uh, uh, seafaring world is to say ahoy there. Yeah. Like, like, what? <laughs> Just say hello to me. <laughs> yeah, and he pisses off the pilot, doesn't he? It's really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, he basically says, "No, I'm not taking you. It's a private island. It's off limits." Um, and he will lose his contract with the people of the island um, if he starts taking strangers over there. Um, but money talks, or dead presidents at least. He starts naming dead presidents that he's got in his pocket, <laughs> and the pilot takes him because it just cuts straight away to uh, a flight over to the island. Yeah, so basically the pilot was the weakest man ever. He was like, it was a, it was a firm, no, I could never do that. And as soon as he said, oh, would you take a, you know, a bribe? Okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> fine. Um, so, so yeah, they land on the other okay. side in a beautiful um, seaplane. Um, and Nicolas Cage take, um, disembarks and then takes a nice leisurely trek through the forest. And he gets a nice warm welcome on the other side, doesn't he? <laughs> 
he does indeed. So he basically gets greeted by the, these three, um, these three women of the island. You know, they they look like they they look like they're proper locals. They live there a long time, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They they look like um, what's the best term to use? Old hags? No, probably not. Uh, <laughs> Um, wenches wenches yeah they're the island wenches i think yeah cackling wenches yeah exactly um, and this bit is just so fucking stupid so <laughs> basically he's talking to these local women isn't he and next to the three women come two um male island inhabitants mm-hmm. inhabitants and they've got a bag got a body in um and nicholas cage you know being a police officer is like what's that what's that and they're like well coy about it like not sort of telling him and then it starts dripping with blood, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, he asks. First of all, and- he asks whether it's a shark. Which? Why is that for his first instinct? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like it's like any of this film, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But um, also before that bit, he he tells them he's a cop, and one of them says, "What does that mean?" Are they that isolated that they don't know what a cop is? Doesn't make any sense. But later on, everyone does know what a cop is. I know. It's mental. What's a cop? <laughs> What's a cop? What does that mean? Oh wow. Um, and then he mentions that Sister Willow invited him. Um, and she said, oh, it slipped her mind. She's a free spirit. Yeah, I know her. Um, and this bag is literally dripping with blood. And he tries to take a peek, doesn't he? Um, but th- whatever's inside jolts up and makes him jump. They all laugh at him and he just goes off in a huff. If you're a police well, officer, like a- <laughs> you're looking for a missing child. Yeah. And then there's a bleeding sack and he doesn't investigate any further. <sighs> unbelievable but we're going to see this this lazy police work you know carry on throughout the movie um but this whole like playing a prank on him is like a bit of a theme throughout the film there's multiple times yes where, uh the inhabitants love to like trip him up or, or jump out at him and then they got all laughing at him you know he then goes to a bar or inn type place and speaks to the barmaid um she's very welcoming too he winds her up doesn't he um <laughs> He sort of goes in a little bit cocky, a little bit sure of himself. Can I have a room for the night? Can I have a meal? Can you swing it? And she doesn't understand what that means. Yeah, is that some sort of city talk? Uh- <laughs> yeah, that's it. So they don't know what cop means. They don't know what can you swing that means. Like, fuck me. Yeah, really isolated. And he's got no phone reception, so he's really isolated. <laughs> um, then his ex Willow walks in, uh, looks about half his age, which is standard in Hollywood. Um, he's given a room in the inn. Um, and given a pint of mead, which they make there from the honey. Um, and mm. then he makes an announcement to the entire inn that he's an official. Pol- he's there on official police business and want to speak to everybody at some point, um, which that goes, yeah. that goes down really well. Yeah, he's basically, I think the first sort of 20 minutes or half an hour of him on the island really fucked him off. So he slams it down on the bar, then he's his hand or whatever. And he's like, right, you know what I mean? He proper like yeah. lays on the line. I'm gonna, I'm a police officer. I'm going to speak to every single one of you. So I noticed at this point, every one of the bars was a woman. Yeah, that's right. And there are a few men scattered around, uh, mute men, by the way. Uh, none of them speak on the island. Um, but he gets called out at this point because he says he's there on official police business, but he's a California cop and they're in Washington, so he has no jurisdiction. Um, and he has another huff, then kills a bee on the counter, which goes down very badly. Yeah, um, he, he mentions that he's allergic to bees. And I, I did know it looks like the fakest bee I've ever seen. It literally didn't even look like a bee. It wasn't yeah. even like yellow, it was like orange or something. 
and then she said, now, why would you go and do a thing like that? And and he says, sorry, I'm allergic. Um, and hashtag foreshadow again, uh, another clanger. He's yeah. he's going to regret doing that. Yeah. Well, at, le- at least with the spread, it will get wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, he he now heads upstairs. He passes Willow on the stairs, and she hands him a note, uh, but says nothing to him. Um, turns out she's being watched, uh, but she wants to speak to him in private later. Um, she says, "Be careful and uh, and don't believe what you see or hear." That's it. So they meet in the woods, don't they? Um, and it turns out that she's still got his ring around her neck. Um, so there's obviously still a little bit of feeling there, like she's still got his ring, and you know he still has he still got aftershave on for her. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she basically she says, doesn't she? So she was born on Summer's Isle. She moved to the mainland, got with him, had a relationship, split up, and then she moved back to Summer's Isle, didn't she? Exactly. Yeah. So a bit of the a bit of a filling in section they have on the cliffside there. Um, yeah. Engage. She still got the ring around her neck. And so she's obviously still got, you know, some feelings for it, yeah. hasn't she? Yeah, she was scared, not ready, so she went home. Um, and it's uh very different and odd, I think she says here. Um, and we find out her daughter's name's Rowan. Uh, but he's asking that's there, that's... Yeah, so why didn't he ask her at this point? Like, why did she ask him there, first of all? And why is he not asking oh, am I the dad? Looking at the age of that child and when they were last together. That would be my first thought. He's just assuming it's somebody else's. Surely you would have, first question, is it mine? He's still fuming about that shark thing. <laughs> yeah, he's still, that's all he's thinking about. He's thinking about that and the fucking bee. Yeah, he ain't thinking about this yet, do you know what I mean? No. He, um, so everyone in the audience is thinking it, but he ain't. Uh, but we'll get to that in a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he's the only one she trusts, apparently. Um, so he promises that he'll find her, which I think is a bit of a harsh promise to make because he cannot guarantee things like that um and um but then she hears a bell and has to rush off so it obviously means something so she goes running off um and then cut to a shot of sorry go on mate i was gonna say say, yeah cuts to him sort of unpacking his bag and um, (laughs) and then we get we get the most obvious like epipens ever in the world like they're bright yellow and massive that he like takes out of his they're bee coloured and they're called did you see the name on the label B Epi no. <laughs> so like they're not subtle at all they're, mad. they're like these small missiles that he just like you know puts to the side you know when he's unpacking his bag like come on <laughs> this is this is bad filmmaking like this is really um, you know on the nose it's not even the phrase it's just oh, I don't know <laughs> it's on the whole face Yes, it's on the face. <laughs> uh, uh, then he has a weird meeting. Um, that, no, he sees a weird meeting uh, between sisters downstairs at the inn. They're talking of tomorrow being the day of death and rebirth, which is repeated a few times. And uh, they see the Wicker Man's return in unison. Um, but then he sees Lily Sabiski is the actress's name. Did you recognise her? Um, no, I didn't. What was she? What was she from? What well, would I know her from? She maybe? she's retired from acting now, much like Cameron Diaz from last year, uh, last week's film. Um, she's okay. retired now, but she was in like a number of films back in like the the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, that really like she her face just sticks in my mind. She was things in like uh, she was in things like Deep Impact and 
eyes wide shut and never been kissed jungle to jungle those type of things she was like always like a young teen type thing in in those films um so yeah it was good good seeing her but i think this is one of her last films actually um yeah she's off doing other things nowadays oh fair play there's a couple of films there you mentioned that i I really like like eyes wide shut's a really really good film yeah um and but no her face i I didn't sort of recognize it i'll tell you what though she did look like very much like a, a, a girl called um, uh, Rachel Wood from um, Westworld. Oh right, maybe it is her. She looked a bit similar. She looked a little bit similar to her. Do you know what I mean sort of reminded yeah. me of her? A, a lot um, of people say. A, a lot of people say she looks like a young um, Helen Hunt. Oh, okay. So a lot of people think they sort of looked at her, but you say yeah. she's retired now. Yeah, I mean she's she was only young, but she I think she just wanted to get out of the acting gig. Um, so there, but basically he's asking her. Um, has anyone been in my bag? My self-help tapes have gone missing. Um, and she doesn't know anything about it, apparently. So um, he he believes her. Uh, and then it cuts to, <laughs> and then it cuts to a full moon, um, and he's dreaming of that boat scene again, and that eighteen-wheeler smashing into that girl. Um, yeah. And uh, then he starts dreaming of the car as well, and the car getting hit. He keeps flashing back to these moments. Um, but this time there's no one in the car. So it's, it's all a bit weird and his, his memories fade, you know, his nightmares are go- turning from reality to fiction and it's all a bit weird. Then he awakes, chews on some more pills, um, which is getting them down him. Um, and then he spots a blonde girl running outside. Um, is that is that her? Is that Rowan? Yeah, I mean, it, it, she sort of fits the bill, doesn't she? You know, she's got the pigtails, it looks like blonde hair. Uh, a red cardi or whatever so he basically decides to um to go downstairs to sort of yeah. follow her doesn't he um and he, he follows her to, to a barn um and he, so he's got his flashlight it's all dark and he, he, he's sort of searching this barn and bang he sort of fall, falls through the floor doesn't he <laughs> yeah which is absolutely completely needless i don't know why that needs to happen he also finds some sort of red garment in the corner which i, I didn't quite see what it was and some tins of food and things like that as uh, and like vegetables and whatever so it looked like someone's been staying up there or something that would have been my first lead but he seems to just forget about the garment he found and the food up there and, and go on to look at other things um so back, <laughs> uh, back at the that's it, just never mentioned again it's yeah just never mentioned, never mentioned again like, what that is no absolutely just this is like i mean we'll come to it at the end but this is just one of the things things are just happening yeah and they're just not getting wrapped up. Do you know what I mean? Like, my, like I honestly, mate, had to rewind this film so many times to think because I kept thinking to myself, "What have I missed? How am I not concentrating enough on this?" You know, I'm looking at every scene like with 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 you know with, with as much concentration as I could possibly muster, and I'm going, "Why has that happened? And why didn't I know that was the you know?" I was thinking it was me, but I don't think it was me. <laughs> mm. No, it, it's not, mate. Um, but back at the back at the inn, the next morning, he's complaining about the store port store bought bunny the store bought <laughs> that would be would be annoying store bought bunny um complain, complaining about the store bought honey on his table uh, because obviously he's come to this um this island that deals in organic honey and they're they're using store bought stuff uh, but it turns out their crop was cursed last year so says uh, one of the sisters um so uh, they couldn't make any at all um he then spots that wall covered in pictures of girls doesn't he surrounded by flowers with one uh glare and emission uh which is the the last year's one mm. um you know and 
and he, he asked, doesn't he, um, you know, uh, why is there no pick of, of, of last year? And he just gets like a lame excuse. Like, yeah. And this this is the first point in the film uh, where well, most of this film I'm thinking to myself, I wish I was watching the original. Um, but also at certain points I was thinking, I wish I was watching Midsommar. And those um, pictures on the wall very much reminded me of um, of the, the Mayflower um, parade and stuff like that in Midsommar, which uh, I know is a film we both really like. Yeah, um, it, uh, a few minutes later in this movie, there's a, a scene where he, sort of, he goes to the school, which we'll get onto in just a tick. And um, yeah, just in the background was that was a maypole. And yeah. Um, yeah, just like you, mate, it, it, you know that whole midsummer thing like hit me, and I thought, oh, mate, I'd, lo- I'd really enjoy watching that again too. Because mm. I've only seen it once, and um, it was a it was a you know really weird, excellent experience. Yeah, <laughs> I've actually I've put at the the end in my notes that. Midsummer is the the sequel to Wicker Man uh, that this should have been. Yeah, that that proper you know creepy folk. You know, there's an underlying bubbling sort of tension that you just can't put your finger on, which uh, this didn't have. Yeah. <laughs> um, it turns out um, this is a harvest festival, um, but there's also a festival of fertility, uh, which we find more and more about. It drips drips throughout, um, which is too sacred to photograph. So that's obviously what we're leading to at the end of this you should know by now um and uh like you say last year's photo frame got broke uh, um conveniently and the glass is just left there on the floor isn't it they didn't bother sweeping it up or anything <laughs> i didn't even realize that but that is unbelievable isn't it? like mm. it don't, the, the glass that like it got smashed they just left there that's amazing yeah. and that's a detail when you get the revelation at the end of this that spoilers for the end of this film that they were behind everything why would they do things like that why wouldn't they just keep him happy and then slaughter him i just don't get it um why would they leave broken glass there to increase the mystery come on come on you're right cut to lily chopping some wood um he asks her if he if she recognizes the girl in the photo uh she just shrugs and giggles really creepily doesn't she she does and they have this such a weird bit of dialogue coming up. I'm sure you made note of this because basically he says something. He go, he just randomly goes, "What's happening the day of tomorrow?" Yeah. He goes, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "I thought that's how you say what's happening tomorrow." <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, it's just the shittiest bit of dialogue I've ever heard. <laughs> I just, I don't understand where it came from, what they mean, or and even the actors, actress, and actor don't know what the fuck they're on about. Oh no. <laughs> she just doesn't let it just go silent as well and then out of nowhere she says when you leave will you take me with you (laughs) just out of the blue and he just walks off yeah he says nothing and walks off at that point at that point as a cop wouldn't you say to her why what's going on (laughs) but he has no curiosity whatsoever he just goes see ya And what I did like is that every time I saw him in a full like suit, just walking through the forest, I just I had to smile. Like just it just it's such a uh, like strange image to see a guy yeah. in a suit walking through a forest like constantly. Yeah. Um, so I, I did have a smile on my face. It's like, just funny. How, it's funny to me how bad of a copy is. There's two things so far that could have been very easy clues to getting to know what's going on on this island. One was the bleeding bag of something you've got a gun on you force those guys to show you what's in that bag and secondly somebody's asking you to help her escape from this island and you don't ask her any follow-up questions you just walk off what the fuck are you doing man (laughs) 
he's just off his face. Like the bloke doesn't know what he's doing. And um, I mean, all I can think is that he's just absolutely hell bent on finding uh, Rowan. Yeah. Um, but oh, mate, it's it's just mental. And I, I think every person who watches this film will constantly be asking questions like, "What? Like, what? What's going on? Why did he do that? Yeah. Why didn't he ask that? Why?" <laughs> you know, everyone will be saying the same thing. But he he heads after ignoring uh, Lily's request to help out. Uh, he heads to the village school, um, but on the way he crosses paths with a young woman, um, a, 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 some some young women, sorry, uh, walking in the line. A few of them seem pregnant. I don't know if all of them were, but a few of them did. Yeah, I picked up that. Uh, I, I put sees a few pregnant ladies with basket. Okay, <laughs> yeah. like, you know that's it's, it's like. Although I don't know, like the first Wicker Man, it was scene for scene because I haven't seen it enough. But the one time I did watch it, like it is creepy and like unnerving. Mm. And um, this film, it just to me, just lacked all that. Like seeing some like older, like sorry, seeing some women dancing through the forest, like pregnant and in like old oldie time clothes. If it's filmed in the right way, it could be like really weird and yeah. creepy. But in this, you're just like, okay, like that's fine, like no problem. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't have any tension or terror or or chilling vibe at all there's not a single scary bit in this film not a single scary bit no not one bit that even ratchets up the tension to anything it's just so silly this next bit is laughable where he he uh there all the kids are in there um it's a teacher also young girls uh and that he that she asks them um, what man re- represents in his purest form, and they all in harmony say phallic, uh, phallic symbol, phallic symbol. And Case just does this weird <laughs> shit laugh in the corner, like this really childish laugh because they said phallic. And so, terribly delivered line. School's really changed since I was a kid. <laughs> what the fuck? What's going on? God. Oh my god! And and the teachers few Lynchy because yeah. he's interrupted. Uh, they don't like blokes on the island anyway, so it's it's not great. And but he basically gets the the kids to pass a picture around of the girl he's looking for and mm. to say, does anyone recognise this girl? Is there any um? Is there any you know information? And one thing I noticed, which is pretty funny, he just rubs the blackboard. <laughs> also how on the nose it was a william blake poem uh and if, if you look at the words it's so on the nose as well it says uh, once meek and in perilous path the just man kept his course along the veil of death and it's it's just a oh and sorry the next line as well roses are plants where fawns grow and on the barren heath sing the honeybees Oh my god! Like that is to be fair. That sums up, you know, the the vibe very, very well. Um, but yeah, that that is so on the nose. It's it's untrue. Yeah, he's asking for Willow. Uh, 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 sorry. Um, then basically, yeah, she's saying uh, she's uh, he's scaring the ch- uh, kids, and as you said, they're passing a photo around, and no one admits to knowing her. But he asks whose desk is the spare one. Um, and then a, a crow comes flying out, uh, which is a, it's supposed to be like a jump scare moment. It just, it's just shit. Oh, just, yeah. It, jump scare was the furthest thing from my mind. I just watched it, you know, right even blinking. Um, and then, and then uh, like, basically, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, poor crow. And he actually picks up on that Nicholas Cage, doesn't he? He goes, like, he says to the teacher, he says, um, 
<laughs> what's going on with that and she says oh they were just seeing how long they could keep the crow in there for and he's yeah. like that's disgusting like, yeah. it's so bad um but then anyway he, he, he asked to see the attendance record after that doesn't he um and finds yeah. the girl's name in there with a line for it um which is another clue they left him which is really convenient um he starts shouting at the kids and calling them all liars <laughs> um <laughs> And then they all. Then Sister Rose kind of follows him out, and she still denies she exists, even though the names are written in a fucking book. Um, uh, but then admits that uh, Willow is apparently grieving, and that's why she's asking to get. Um, uh, so suggesting that the the girl is a, ha, actually died. Uh, so Rowan is dead, according to uh, this Sister Rose. Um, that, but they never use the word dead on this island. They don't. Although literally she goes we don't use the word dead and then well it's not the word dead but the, she mentions she mentions the word death literally yeah. one second later yeah. um and I, I i've written down like two other times in this movie where they say the word like death i'm like hello like they don't use but, this word they're dead. derivative of each other surely um yeah but, but they believe like, i know I she's getting at but yeah in a very pagan way, they believe the soul lives on in nature. Um, it was an accident. Um, he starts asking how she died, and she initially replies, um, she'll burn to death, like as in future tense. She, she'll she burn to death. And he, he says, yeah. what, what did you say? And then she says, she burned to death. So she goes past tense after that. So there's another little clangor to let you know that they're planning on burning this girl to death, according to the sisterhood. And then after speaking to this teacher, he basically, uh, which he does all the time through this film, he goes from basically place to place, mooching along. Yeah. And he bumps into um, a woman who asks directions for the church. He says, oh, yeah, where, where's the church? And then he goes, oh, to you, as if to say, does everyone on this island look the same? Yeah. Um, but the thing is that the woman didn't look enough like the last woman. So I'm like, do they all look the same? I don't know. Like, well, It's actually the same actress, though. It is actually the same actress. Right. Yeah. So that's the thing. So, like, the, the problem with this is that what they should have done is they should have made, like, to be honest, as the audience, Mick, I looked at that and I, I wasn't sure whether it's the same actress or not. So I wasn't sure what I was meant to think. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't mm. obvious enough or it wasn't like, so I didn't know whether Nicholas Cage was going out of his mind yeah. or whether actually the woman was the same woman. Now you said it was. Do you mean, but the film just didn't make it that obvious. And also, like, again, in, in so also, if either of those scenarios are true, what does it add to the plot or the film? Oh yeah. Like nothing. Cause spoiler, it ain't going to get wrapped up. No. It's just, it's just another thing that they just go, just goes by the wayside. It's just, oh, I don't know, yeah, mental, mental. He, and he basically finds it a newly dug grave, doesn't he, when he gets to this um this uh, churchyard. That's right. So he goes to the church. He he's looking for signal as well, which is uh, interesting. Um, <laughs> Fuck it out. Uh, he yeah, he looks for the church. He asks the woman, who's uh, blah blah blah, absolute bollocks. Um, but Willow turns up, doesn't she? Um. And says that's not Rowan's grave. She seems scared and walks into the church ruins. Um, and she she claims Rowan is alive. Um, they can't accept her. They're bl they're blaming her for something. Um, I think they're blaming her for the crop failure or something. Um, and Sister Summerisle doesn't like Willow's wild ways. Is this punishment? Um, she then lets slip the word the words our daughter, and suddenly the penny drops finally. And surely he had suspicions, but no, no, totally out of the blue. Oh, that's my daughter. Is that how biology works? <laughs> and 
the first thing he says after finding out is his daughter. He like he sort of mulls over for a second, then he goes, "It's not right," and walks off. Yeah, <laughs> it's not right. Like what the fuck? Um, that doesn't even make sense anyway. Like he could say a million other things then. He could go like, "Oh fuck," or like whatever. But it's not right. What? No. Like I don't know. <laughs> they then they then go to Rowan's bedroom, don't they? Which is very basic, and it reminded me of the the furnishings in Elf. What the white Just desk, white. the like the, yeah. the wooden, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very much like that. And he was doing such a detectivey like job on it. So he's talking to 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 Willow yeah. um, while he's opening every drawer, looking inside. I'm like, oh my god, this is straight out of the like basic detective, uh, you know, acting book. <laughs> but those doodles that he finds under the desk are uh, kind of standard angsty kids doodles aren't they in films there's angry faces um, but also around yeah. the monster but it's we find out later it's probably the wicker man and the words help me under there um so again later on we find out all this is planned so they must have put that just in case he does look under a desk um so, so one of the adults have probably drawn all of that um uh, he then hears the plane so he runs down to because he wants to use the radio um but he oh. can't see the pilot um and it's kind of moored out out a bit too far for him to see um he checks his phone again just to make sure there's uh, but there's still no signal uh, surprisingly um so he decides to just have a seat and wait for the pilot to return um, and, and and then he has one of his uh is 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 incessant sort of dreams um so <laughs> Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, we don't know it's a dream, but basically he, he sees Rowan, doesn't he? He sees her under the pier, um, yes. which is strange because, like, it's almost like there's a glass door yeah. on the pier, on the wooden pier. Anyway, um, so he dives in and he, he tries to save her and then it's a dream and he wakes up on the bench and then he's holding her again and then that's another dream. So that's like the fifth dream we've had in the last like, 20 minutes. So um, he actually has a dream within a dream on this. So this is like Inception. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Like, yeah, I wonder if like the time was going slower for like, the first and like, yeah. the second. And, oh, fucking hell. Mental. But just to stop all this craziness happens, he just chows down on some more pills. Um, <laughs> he, he then takes his jacket and gun off again, but this time in real life. Uh, but actually, sorry, before we move on, can I just tell, say the, a, a part of bad acting when he wakes up uh, from the first dream and he's holding the dead body? His acting then is one of the points where I just thought that's that, that, it's just so bad. <laughs> oh, can I ask you a question? Right? Yeah. Do you, do you at this point do you think that that um, the direct so the director Nicholas Cage like how, like what is their motivation for this? I, are they trying to make a serious film or do you think they are fucking about or you, what what's your opinion on that mate I'd like to know. it's probably a good time to talk about the fact that Nicolas Cage is still vocally very proud of his performance and and work on this film and secondly he and the director both claim that all along they wanted to make a funny weird horror film that wasn't supposed to be scary and it was supposed to be over the top funny that's what they claim. Hmm. What do you reckon? Do you believe that? I call bullshit. Absolute bullshit. <laughs> you think they went out to make a, a a a scary remake of The Wicker Man and failed? You know, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that at the end. Whether they, you know, but they, you, you don't think they would go over laughs? They no, won't. there's there's no point in this where I think that's intentionally bad acting. 
that's just bad acting and that's not intentionally good uh, bad direction or storytelling because you could make it much worse and funnier and much more over the top it's funny because it's someone trying to act so hard it looks bad and that's th this is a perfect example of that when he's holding this kid it's such he's trying so hard it looks terrible um that's my thoughts how about you do you think the same yeah, I, the thing I just cannot get out of my head, I just cannot understand how people watch this back. Like, so, not that I've ever made a movie, but I, you, you see, don't you, the director watches through the camera and then he sort of turns to the to the, to the, the screen and watches it back, doesn't he, sometimes? Yeah. Well, I would, I would imagine all the time. And they check out dailies. Just, they, they have dailies as well that yeah. they go through and think, oh, that wasn't a, maybe we should do some pickups tomorrow because that's not quite how I wanted. And they do several different exactly. takes as well. So that that's the best of the takes as well. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this is the best of the best that they're putting on screen. And I cannot understand how not just the director or Nicolas Cage, I suppose, but anyone involved didn't, like, point out I've got a million different things. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I really can't get my head around that. I no. cannot get my head around that. Um, last week's film, like The Holiday, like, I know we didn't love it, but, you know, I can see why it passed every stage of the of the yeah. filmmaking process because it was a coherent, like, you know, story, which was very stupid and silly and the script was awful. But it will, you know, it does make sense and, and, and you know, people will like it. But this is just, you know, we'll get to our thoughts, but just just a real mess. Mm, and um, I, was just, I was just amazed that, you know, and uh, again, we'll get to this later, but that's why I'm glad I watched it because... Yeah. This is an interesting movie to watch, 100%. But again, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he, he arrives at the plane after his little swim. Um, he he, get, he strips down to his boxes and vest, doesn't he, basically? Um, and swims over. But the radio has been sabotaged, so he can't use that. So he, sw he swims back. Uh, cut to him walking with completely bone, bone dry, combed hair. Um <laughs> <laughs> This was so mental. This is where he goes to the the physician, the physician slash photographer's house. That's it. it. Yeah, Doctor Moss or Sister Moss, um, and she she's the one that takes the Harvest Festival photo. So he wants to see a copy of last year's photo, um, and. While he's just snooping around a bit, there's a book on on a table about rituals. Uh, another clanger there for you. It's quite sus for you. Well, a couple of like little notes i got on this part is that she goes she'll print up she'll print uh, a, a you know a copy of last year's photo that's mm -hmm. fine he doesn't even ask when like do, do you mean like right now or like in like six months time yeah how, how are you gonna part. how are you gonna get it to me yeah um and then, and then basically he hides in a bush doesn't he <laughs> yeah. and um <laughs> but like it's oh it's just so stupid like the bush looks just like well fake it looks yeah. well like a studio like the bushes look really like tropical i don't know badly and, lit <laughs> yeah it just looks so shit and and then basically we see see this is like the like the tiniest little bit what which could be a little bit creepy you see these women come they call on the physician they knock on a door mm. a slash photographer they knock on our door and they've got like not masks but like black black sort of like cloaks on their on their faces and I'm yeah. like oh that's a tiny bit creepy like that's the way it should have gone like yeah. weirdness not but we found out later that they're actually beekeepers uh, in which case mm. why are they still wearing their hoods when they're just coming down to a cottage which is nowhere near the bees oh. Oh, just to scare him uh, was again, this all planned as well was this planned to scare him I don't know they knew he'd hide in a bush and yeah. they all do this so, yeah and then <laughs> 
he break basically when they bugger off, he breaks into the position slash photographer's house. Yeah. And and again, I love it how he walks straight to a table and then finds all the information that he needs about the festival straight away. He didn't even have to look through any he didn't have to look through one drawer no. or one book. He just walked up to the table and went, Oh, there's all these amazing. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and there's exactly. weird fetuses in bottles, isn't there? Weird like experiments going on. Yeah, and in the book he re- he reads about the ancient fer- fertility rituals, um, oh. talks of women being killed in blood rituals. Um, this would guarantee harvest for coming year, but actually in Europe, which is where these people uh, actually emigrated from and the americas um, they're often burnt rather than bloodied uh, so they're like burning oh. rituals um, so that's again a nice little foreshadow for later on um, and those jarred fetuses um, all boys i noticed um, so that's oh. what that's what they do with the born boys i think um, and he finds rowan's photo and it says worst harvest on record <laughs> yeah so we know then that basically, um, you know, last year, you know, as they've alluded to before, was the worst harvest they've had. And you're sort of getting the vibe now that that Rowan's sort of involved with this slash maybe they blame her for, yeah. you know, all this shit. And then um, he sees Willow again. Uh, she claims it's just a picture. She doesn't know about the ceremony, of course, even though she's lived there all her life, so must have taken part in them. Um she wish she she says she wish she hadn't ever returned, and then they have a really horny kiss while the daughter's missing. Yeah, that's it. Like, do you know what I mean like not? They're not sort of flapping around thinking, "Oh my god!" Like another hour's gone by, my daughter isn't no. here. Yeah, they just like they start snogging. Yeah. Um, and then and then basically in, in, the, in the in the sort of uh, in the side of the shot, we we see a bike, <laughs> a bicycle. <laughs> let's say that's uh, an yeah. actual bicycle. <laughs> Yeah, it's a proper fucking bicycle. It's like a proper Amsterdam bicycle, isn't it? Yeah. And then in the next scene, you know, we see him walking with the bike. Just walking with um, it. He's not riding it. He's just uh, he's just wheeling yet. it. Yeah. So, yeah. And this next scene, I'm sorry, just like why why do they put this in? It doesn't make it doesn't add anything. It's just random. Basically, he he walks up to a guy, doesn't he? Who's um who's stacking logs on a uh like a trailer, not, not yeah. a trailer, like a like a car or whatever. Um, and then they basically fall and then he crushes the guy and he pushes him out of the way. Yeah. And, that, and that's it. Like, what? And, and he tries to speak to the guy and he's obviously not speaking because he's a man. Um, so basically, I think the only thing that that scene adds is the fact that this is a uh, it's a matriarchal society where all the all the men are, are kind of there subservient even though they say they're not they and they love their men they are they're a bit subservient uh, because in the next bit where he stumbles across the beehives and and starts running um that that actually feeds into it as well it's the immediate scene after and obviously bees um uh obviously they they're in a matriarchal society as well with uh like they always have a queen bee don't they a single female leader um oh. and with male mm-hmm. inhabitants being submissive servants like the drones and stuff like that and they're also kind of sex slaves as well so i'm wondering if the men are sex slaves in this obviously bees are um so yeah it's kind of that kind of social structure um that's it's mirrored in those two scenes next to each other i think and we did see the pregnant ladies mooching through the forest you know 20 minutes before so no what you just said you know it really does make sense like you know on like sort of overall level um, it's just a shame that the film just, you know, disjointed that so much. Exactly, exactly. Um, anyway, in this scene, where he's in this um, hexagonal designed 
beekeeping area where there's 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 hives everywhere um it is a it's a massive coincidence that this guy that they've chosen to become their their ritual uh, slaughter man uh, is is uh, is allergic to the one thing that they produce on mass on the island. I don't know whether that was planned as well, um, but he's running away from these these bees, um, and then he starts reacting to the bee stings, doesn't he? His throat starts closing up, and he does yeah. some, he does some and- great Nicolas Cage acting. Oh mate, he's literally he's like he's literally on a ten right now. Yeah. Um. And he and he and he, and he, and he, he sort of falls down a hill, doesn't he? Um. Yeah. And then the next thing, he he wakes up in the um in the photographer's home, the photographer slash physician. Um. And she says, "I, I treated you in the the old way." I, I don't know what the fuck she meant, really. No, I don't either. I don't think we ever find that out. Did yeah. I don't know what happened, um, but she no. did. She did. Yet another thing. We'll yeah. never find out. She didn't use his bee epi, basically, um, <laughs> and and then he leaves and sees uh, Sister Summer Isle in her garden, and they have a lovely chat. Um, and Sister Summer Isle says to him, "I can see what she sees in you. He had you have rough potential. What the fuck does that mean? Are they trying to suggest that Nicholas Cage is a hunk?" Well, maybe they're um, like you say. You touched upon something about the whole um, the males are only used really to you know um, fuck the women and, and and produce like heirs and babies and mm. you know. So maybe that that's that's what she was getting at. But like I say, you know, it took you to to to, to come up with that theory for me to even for that to even register for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the film the film did nothing to like. To, to to guide me in that direction mm. so you know that's you not the film <laughs> well because in in the original it's not a matriarchal society is it it's 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 isn't a battle of genders this this film's about a man coming to a woman's domain and and not quite you know not quite being on the the side of of the leaders there whereas in the original it's about religion isn't it it's a christian man coming to a pagan island and that's where the conflict yeah. is um, this is for some reason they flipped it to be a gender thing instead and this is a, a, this conversation they have now is a lot of back and forth about that um he wants to exhume the body of rowan where he, he thinks it's in that grave site um she says he must carry on and do his job so she's fine with it um he's still slapping bees off him at, at this point by the way why the fuck hasn't he got out of there <laughs> There's bees everywhere. Like, I know, Jimmy. If you're allergic to bees, like you surely just go home. Yes. You know I mean? Like before you find out it's your daughter, you just said, "Oh, I'm off." Even know? in this I case, mean, like, or, or calling back up, like get out of there and calling back up, just something to say. I can't go. I can't do anymore because I'm just going to end up dying, and no one's going to know about it. In that case, the girl's going to die anyway. So you need to get out and just get get people in there that do have jurisdiction and do something about it. But no, he hangs around. Um, she says sacrifices are for Mother Earth, who rules Isle, who rules the island, and that she hit she uh, is her earthly representative on Earth. So she's she's basically saying she's the descendant or representation of Mother Earth on the island. Yeah. Big big yourself up, why don't you? He asked the question. <laughs> I know, like fucking head can't get much bigger. Yeah. Um, 
But um, he says, doesn't he, what happens if someone gives birth to a boy? Mm. And um, my, my note says there's no answer given. So they just fucking skim yeah, it out. There's no off. fucking station. Yeah, big time. You know, that could have been interesting, you know, to find out a little bit more about. But, no, well, they're putting jars. Yeah, they're putting jars in doctors in the doctor's uh, cottage. Um, but at this point, this is all about positioning her as the queen bee, basically. And then um, she's talking of her her Celtic ancestors, which we kind of brushed over earlier, uh, re- rebelling against the suppression of women in like in Europe and, and around the world. Um, and so they they moved over to the New World, um, but ended up near Salem, which is obviously synonymous with witch trials and things like that so there's a bit of suggestion they were caught up in in that kind of witch the the witch trials period is it suggesting they're witches i don't know um so they migrated to this island and that's where they settled and became creepy beekeepers Uh, that whole salem thing that that's so lazy i think you know what i mean just easy just name yeah just name dropping a, a you know a witchy place to like try and add anything that is like might be a slightly chilling mm. i'm like fucking hell that, yeah. that's just crap in it really and and then he says he basically says oh, men are second class citizens here and she says no they're, they're just not we're just not subservient to men which is not strictly true because why don't the men talk and why do they do everything they're told by the women they are subservient to the men but she says we love our men uh it's absolute bollocks then he gets really angry and says you talk about breeding more like inbreeding uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah that could be a bucket boy that's good (laughs) he gets really angry um she says she tells him to be careful and then he cycles off in a huff which is so comical this is one of those bits why, why is he cycling like that he looks like a 14 year old girl yeah so like but anyone who hasn't seen it, do you know what I mean? You've got this, you've got this really um, picturesque, foresty island, and then you've got a bloke in a suit on a on an old like women's Amsterdam style bike. Like, do you know what I mean? What is going on? It looks what like he's got, he's. It looks happening? like he's heading down to the bakery to pick up a baguette or something to take back. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's three things there that just clash so much: the background, his suit. And then his, you know, his mode of transport, it just, it's absolutely mental. Yeah. Um, but one thing I would say is that, you know, that, that, I think that image of him riding off in a suit in the forest is my overriding image of this movie. <laughs> Every time that I mention this movie, do you know what I mean? I'll think of that. I really will. It really, st- and I've got to say, fair play, that image will stick with me. It really will. I can see it in my head so well. The director's um, done his job then. He's created a picture that's it's burnt in your memory. He, yeah, it really has. And I tell you what, like, there's, you know, I could watch a million films where I don't feel that way. Is it not feel that way? But I don't, I don't take anything away from it. Like, I, it's very forgetful. And this, yeah. you know, there, there's an image at least that I, I, I do remember and I will always remember. Like, yeah. it just, it's very strange. But he cycles off to exhume the body from the grave. Uh, it turns out there's just a doll in a coffin uh, placed there conveniently. Yeah. He then he is crying from the ruins that they're in earlier. Um, and it seems to be coming from that crypt which was locked up uh, so he decides to go down and uh, he finds a cardi down there with the with um, Rowan's initials in um, and then he hears he's still hearing stuff and he decides to jump in the sewer water under that grate uh, but somebody at the top decides to shut him in yeah so he basically gets shut in um, luckily he managed to find an air hatch doesn't he where he, he manages to sort of get some air and, and yeah. shout help etc mm-hmm. Um 
But he, he has another dream while he's stuck in the sewer, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he spends the night in there by the looks of it because it's the morning when he gets discovered. Um, and he's, Willow comes in to save him, then. Yeah, but he's basically freezing to death in there. Um, but yeah, Willow finds him and sets him free. Um, then he shows her the doll, and this is my favourite bit of the film. Um, <laughs> this is the famous bit where he he asks her how to get burned. How to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? I've got the same note. I've got a couple letters. How to get burned three times. <laughs> um, and then such a shit line that follows it. He basically says, he basically just sort of looks almost at the camera and just says, something bad is going to happen. I can feel it. Yeah. Mental. Do you know that's my second favorite bit of the movie? Because there's a bit coming up, which is my absolute favorite. Oh, do, like, I think I think I know what you're yeah. talking about. Actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know you would like this bit. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that in two seconds. <laughs> but yeah, he goes back to Sister Summer Isle's house, doesn't he? Um there's there's he's yeah. shouting her name and stuff. There's no one there until he finds a a heavily boiled one-eyed sex machine in her bed. Um so obviously he's a sex sex slave or something, but he's just covered in boils. Um, and oh. Cage just looks at him like a piece of shit and then just walks out. <laughs> and then opens a second door. There's a naked bird covered in bees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, he doesn't he have much of a reaction. And then, and then it cuts to, we see um, uh, 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 Sister Summer Isle just lording it up in like a bed. Yeah. Um, but this is exactly the sort of stuff I sort of like wanted to see more of. Same. Like, this was... Wasn't it? It was. Yeah. It was getting a little bit weird. It was getting a little bit creepy. A little bit. What the fuck? Like, like you know, you know when you get images where they're not explained and they're just sort of flashed up. You yeah. think that's cool. That's interesting. That's weird. Want, but that was the only one of the only points in the film we got anything like that. Mm. But luckily, we do get to see him ride off on the bike again um, until uh, <laughs> the teacher turns up. Oh. Then <laughs> this is another favourite bit of mine. Um, when they're having a little tussle over the bike and he pulls his gun on her. Step away from the bike! This is the bit. So, yeah, <laughs> this is like, like my favourite bit of the film. This oh, is this your favourite bit, is it? You know? Yeah. Oh, this this, this isn't is, the bit that I, just, I thought you meant. Oh, this bit, I just, I love this bit so much. Yeah, just so funny. Like, um, you know, she won't give him the bike, she won't give him the bike, so he whips a gun on her and just goes, step away from the bike. Um. And this is like one of those bits where I'm thinking, how did this get past all the people that make the film? Did someone not go? This is stepping into the like comedy arena. Um, and I just cannot understand how. It's like a, an action film when they commandeer a vehicle, uh, but he's commandeering yeah. a, a girl's bike. Yeah. And if this was in a comedy, this is funny. This, yeah. this is funny. This made me laugh, you know. And, um, but. Like, you know, as we've discussed, we can tell that they were trying to make a spooky film. And yeah. they, I don't know. I, I've got to say, I, I, I did look up the director and I hadn't heard of many of his films. In fact, I don't know if I'd heard of any. Yeah, and I, I just, I, I got a feeling that Blow just didn't know what he's doing. That's all so it's a shame to say so, but I, I tend to agree. Yeah. Uh, I said earlier that yeah. he, he rode off on the bike earlier uh, like a 14 year old girl. This time he, he, he rides off more like an eight year old girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and there's just it's just this weird encounters that he's having while he's riding off. One with the teacher, first of all. Then he has another one yeah. with those weird old twins that say, "It is he." Um, then he rides <laughs> off again. He then goes to the inn and somehow thinks uh, the men will help him. He's asking the men to yeah. help out. They just completely ignore him, as you would expect. 
he then goes searching all the houses looking there's this brilliant kind of montage of his going around houses and stuff but the first one is where he goes in and it's a mother and a daughter and they you know he's looking for rowan around in all the cupboards and stuff and then there's but then one of the girls obviously knew he was coming and hides in the closet and jumps out of him um and just to wind him up and have a good laugh and they all start laughing over his face again yeah they uh, again like you know it harks back to the, the whole shark incident sort of stuff they love just fucking about with him like, yeah. you know the kids the adults like no, no it doesn't matter everyone just likes taking the piss out of fucking um what's even his name is it malice mabus uh yeah his first name's edward isn't it edward yeah uh, which is a, a little bit of a because a lot of the names are like pulled from the original because i remember mm. the original I don't know. I think it's the. Is it the character or the Edward no, Woodward? Yeah, the the, 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 the actor. Yeah, the main actor, actor in the original Wicker Man was Edward Woodward, and um, so yeah. Rowan Woodward, obviously the missing girl, and Edward Moan, whatever his name is in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then he he's like this. Like I said, he's doing this montage, uh, running around, <laughs> taking kids' masks off and ruining their fun, uh, <laughs> kicking <laughs> doors down. Um, he sees uh, the oh, plane has there's been. There's a so- great line. Sorry. There's a great line I forgot to mention where he bursts into that house, like of the, those kids and stuff, and he just says, "You have my permission to stand in the fucking way." Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great line. Yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that montage. That's, that's one of my highlights of the film as well. Um, he then he makes it down to the beach, but he notices that the plane has been sunk, and he also finds the dead pilot with his kind of mouth stitched up or something. Um, yeah. And then there's those weird animal mask kids start popping their heads up behind the bush. Um, which again, yeah, that, that, that could be creepy in a good film, but in this, it's just yeah. funny. It's just funny. It's like something out of Teletubbies or in the night garden. They're like, people, uh, <laughs> it's just <laughs> stupid. Um, but then cage bursts back in, uh, into the inn as, um, as a sister there, the big sister is getting prepared to put her bear costume on. Uh, she's speaking to one of the hags from earlier, um, who she's obviously relaying the fact that that, that woman's the one that killed the pilot. She sorted out the problem down at the beach or whatever. Um, uh, but basically he walks in, doesn't he? On the top of the stairs type thing and says, you look a little worse for wear. He doesn't say a single word. So, but he slowly and calmly walks down the stairs and gives her a big old smack in the face, knocking her out. Not a word said. <laughs> oh, like actually, I take it back. Maybe about the bike. Like maybe that is my favorite bit. Yeah, there's, about, there's about two. This bit's fucking unreal. Yeah. And there's another bit I just remembered coming up as well. You mentioned the bear costume. I'm like, that is a great bit too. So actually, all the real bangers are coming. Yeah, this is this is where it all starts getting funny, like stupid. Um, yeah. But then around summer, the whole town are getting dressed up, aren't they? Um, so Cage yeah. starts putting the bear costume on, saying, yeah, we'll definitely get away with this. Uh, but then Lily, the girl who wanted his help earlier, uh, jumps on him, starts taking him down. And a great fight ensues. But he just, does like a karate kick to the face and she just goes flying into the photo wall from earlier um and she does the worst knocked out acting i've ever i've seen since nicholas cage earlier in the film (laughs) oh my god to be fair this was well wesley snipes demolition man wasn't it like boff and then she fucking smashes on that fucking uh, that pitchable. Um, I, to be honest, I didn't notice how bad her acting was. As, 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 as a, you know, please look it up. Person, it's like but, um, she starts yeah. to she starts to go unconscious, but then wakes up and looks at him and does it like three times. She just like reawakens. 
Oh, it's funny. Well, to be fair, in true, um, in true, uh, like lockdown, watching this at home fashion, um, I've got it actually on right now, oh. and um, I, I'm like, I mean, as you can probably imagine, like you know, as we've been chatting. I mean, this movie's a one hour forty eight, I think, um, and so I'm pretty much near that bit now. So, like, as we're chatting, there, when I'm it comes up, when, when it comes up, yeah. just interrupt me or or, or or stop what you're saying and uh, and uh, have a look. Um, but then he's wearing the bear costume. He joins the procession, which is outside, um, to find Rowan tied up. They kind of walk through the woods and and glades and things and find Rowan tied to a stump. Um, he then runs away from the procession. And towards the stump and just knocks out another sister <laughs> he just runs up in the bear costume just pours her in the face um and uh frees rowan doesn't he um i'm just watching that bit and sorry just to go back like literally like 30 seconds but um i'm, I'm just seeing that bit where that woman fucking like hits the red on the thing and then she just like acts like <laughs> knocked out like three times like, uh, uh, and again and then he grabs a bear costume like um this is the sort of film that there, there's um like i think there's quite a lot to like rewatch is in funny bits that that are very missable yeah um, because it's not you know in your face funny intentionally funny you you can blink and miss it yeah. and that that's a classic example of like how bad that that, that acting was that you know i'm glad you sort of you, you called it out for me. <laughs> um but I just gotta say, this whole bear bit is just—it's just the best thing ever. <laughs> so like, good. Like, like, yeah. Again, I just can't believe. Like, if if they're making, you know, a, a serious, like, you know, come on, let's make this creepy. How did this get through the, <laughs> the, the, the 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 all the different, like, you know, all the different people making a film? Like, I'm just watching it now. Like, when he's walking through that as a bear. He's like marching along in the in the march, and he pulls his head open, and he's like chatting to Willow. Like, what the fuck? Looking this like is hilariously funny. Yogi Bear or something. Just. <laughs> but after he's freed rowan and knocked out that sister um they go running through the woods he's still dressed as a bear um but some sisters come after him through the woods um somehow they get to an opening and he gets a call through to his phone for the first time random uh they got no reception anywhere in the in the uh on the island except for this one point uh but the f the, the call didn't come through properly so it failed so another just to let you know how isolated his, his phone's still not working um and then he strips out of the bear costume. Um, so that's that bit over, which is a shame. Um, and him and Rowan start running off. Uh, but she starts running ahead of him. He's going, slow down, Rowan, slow down. Uh, turns out she just runs straight back to the procession. And uh, he's kind of ambushed at this point. Mm. And so basically, he's almost sort of, sort of looking confused. All the fucking people are around him, all, all the villagers, all the islanders. And this is where we find out that this whole whole film and also before the movie the whole backstory this was all a massive ploy to get him to the island to this place so they can sacrifice him for having such a bad uh like harvest yeah like what an elaborate like <laughs> there's a million ways you could have got him there <laughs> was it Just all part of a game it. like was it supposed to be like a chase, kiss chase type thing where they wanted the fun of the chase and they wanted to confuse him and that's all part of the thing i don't know it's just it's so elaborate they could have just got him over overpowered him early doors tied him up locked him up and then sorted him out later on but for some why do they make it so elaborate why the broken picture and missing photograph and the the girls screaming down the well why the chase through the woods um why any of it just tie him up when he yeah. gets there and then sacrifice him they, they could explain that in a way of something like 
the the god that they worship needs the person to like go through like you know a series of like tests. trials or yeah. like tests yeah. yeah so that would give it some sort of meaning oh okay the reason they set up that is because he needed to be tested on this mm-hmm. the reason he set up that is you know, yeah blah 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 like you say, if the whole point is just fucking doing what they're going to do to him, just fucking get in there. Just literally yeah. grab. Just literally, all, all, all they have to do is Willow had to write a letter, come to the island. He comes to the island, but first day, handcuffs, job done. Yeah. The only, the only line that I think that seeks to explain why all of this had to happen was you came here of your own volition and you are going to be a sacrifice. But like there's so other there's so many other ways of getting there of his own volition. Like so much easier ways. Um, but they decide this really elaborate way and, and fine. Um, and then it's kind of, it's revealed um, that he has an appointment with the Wicker Man. It's the first time those words have been used. Um, and the letter was from all of them. Uh, it wasn't from Willow. It was from all of them. And, and Willow here is trying to play it that she is kind of upset, but also quite proud of herself. Um, so I think that's what she's trying to get across. Um, and it was all set up. He's a powerful sacrifice. Um, and it's also revealed that Willow is Summer Isle's daughter. Uh, so that was nearly his mother-in-law. So at this point, he's now circled by everybody, including his uh, former girlfriend and potential future mother-in-law. Um, and the circle starts drawing closer. And he's, <laughs> this is another funny bit, he's yelling, stay back, stay back and uh, get the fuck back and all this stuff. And then tries to shoot. I don't know what he thinks is going to happen because he's, you know, he's probably got about 12 rounds in there. Um, so you could only take down probably 12, 12 of them. Um, but it isn't loaded. Uh, Willow took the bullets. When, when did she take the bullets, by the way? Oh, fuck knows. Like, and that is, like, to be honest, in a, in a normal movie, we'd be sort of discussing that, but it's the least of our worries in a film like this, where mm. there's so many fucking plot holes. But you're, you're right. We, we don't know when she took them. It must um, have been when, he, when she it, saved, she must have been before she saved him in, in the well or whatever he was stuck in. But it didn't really, yeah, yeah I don't know. I mean, just basics of filmmaking. I mean, it would a little bit better if we'd like, you know, if there was, if we, when we see he hasn't got bullets in his gun, if we have any idea of how it's happened, it will make a tiny bit more sense. But yeah. there, there is plenty of that. No. Um, and, and then we. <laughs> but she's got him in her hand just to this, show it was her. And she's got him in her yeah, hand and then it. just drops like, him on the floor. Classic. Really, really smug. Yeah. Um, and like this bit, just, <laughs> this is such a funny line when he gets held down. He's getting strapped to logs, and all he can shout is, "You bitches! Yeah. You bitches!" <laughs> and it won't bring back your goddamn honey. <laughs> and he's like, like you would say that when you're yeah. fucking getting like your legs broken. And he starts that. shouting, "Murder!" as well, "Murder! Murder!" This is we're getting into full Nicolas Cage meme territory yes. in this last sort of five minutes, aren't yeah. we? It's gold, this bit. Um, uh, this is the, this is the bit where I think he's actually underacting. No, not those bits, but the bit where they snap his legs, they crush his legs. Um, they basically put his uh, feet up on some logs and crush his legs while they're pinning him down. And he underacts the pain that he's going through. He just goes, "Ah!" You would be screaming um, as as bad as you were screaming. Uh, it won't bring back your goddamn honey, bitches and murder. That's how you'd be screaming when your legs are broken. But he, he screams less when his legs are broken compared to when he's shouting about honey. Um, yeah. I, I find it um, ironic and probably set up that the two women that are holding his legs are the ones he knocked out earlier, um, which which is a, <laughs> well, no, a nice on this touch. Though, then the legs getting broken. Like, 
Um, a, a similar sort of thing happens in Misery. I know they're completely different films and yeah. they're completely different ends of the spectrum of like you know the, the quality of the movie. But like it shows that that um, I mean in both films that a leg slash ankle is getting broken, but it just shows how you can make something absolutely disgusting the way it's like filmed. Or you can make something just pass you by without even, a, do you know what I mean? Without even a blink of an eye. Like basically, this man's had his legs broken, right? I just sat and watched it, like yeah. didn't even wince. Mate, I've Whereas got ex- misery. I have I hard to like. I have the exact same note comparing it to misery, yeah. and that's how you do a crushed leg in agony scene and believe it and wince. This didn't make me wince. This just made me think. Oh, they've broken his legs. He doesn't seem in that much yeah. pain. We see everything, but I don't believe it. Um, I totally agree with you. It's to say, and watching things like Bone Tomahawk and stuff like that, where you see some gruesome stuff happen, and you wince because it's good filmmaking. This is not good filmmaking. Yeah, and it, it, I just I, that this is the thing that I find fascinating with movies because I, I not making films. I, I don't really know that how the craft works, but like, do you know what I mean? That that one film can show something. And I can't even watch it. Another film could show the same thing, and I'm like smiling, not even, well, not even smiling. I'm just like yeah. just completely straight face. It. Yeah. And that is, yeah, and that is the magic of yeah. like of like movies and how they're done. And that's what I think is so interesting with learning more about how these films are made because you know the tiniest little shot or the way it's filmed or the way it's cut is just it's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's the combination of everything working. It's the the yeah. the special effects, the visual effects, the the direction, the editing's very important with these things. You need to know when to cut away at the snap or just after the snap. It's fractions of a frame and things like that. Um and also the acting is really important and I don't think any of those uh, are, are doing particularly well so it just doesn't work as a torture scene it doesn't work in the slightest yeah. um the next yeah. bit is uh, another famous bit which is terribly executed as well uh the the, the famous b bit uh where they put a, a a helmet on him and start pouring bees into it cgi bees by the way and terrible fucking cgi bees they just look like blo- oh, they just look like raisins falling down <laughs> into the mask <laughs> um, oh, what is it what is it what is that what is that what is it Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Oh, my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Ah! <laughs> so they let him sting him a lot, so he's just about to die and he's passing out and breathing, but they give him his bee epi. Um, give him the more... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which uh, saves his life. And so so why did they do that bit? Is this all part of the ritual as well? Let's break his legs and make him nearly die through, through bee stings and then put him in the tower. They're just torturing him. It's, it, yeah, it is brutal. You're right, because the main thing is they need to sacrifice him. You know, yeah. him himself needs to be sacrificed. He doesn't need to go through all this shit. But one note on the, on the, on the bee torture is that, again, that could have been really creepy and cool and interesting and something i've never seen in a film which yeah. would have really like chilled me but it just the way it was done it was just awful but it happens it too quickly cool, as well it? it happens too quickly yeah. like i was even thinking when i was watching it imagine how creepy it would have been if everything went silent he's being held down his legs are broken he's like passing out from pain or something and then everybody goes silent no chanting or anything and you just suddenly hear in the very very background all you hear is just a faint buzzing and it gets louder and louder until someone turns up with like a bucket of bees or something and and then then he reacts and says no 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 and struggles but it just happens like in a shot and it's it's done he's sat up bees are put in end of scene next bit 
just they could have made yeah. it so tense like you hearing in the background not knowing but just hearing this faint buzz that keeps getting louder and louder and that would have been a lot better i'm not a fucking filmmaker and i know that yeah they, they it was so throwaway and um i think yeah they, they threw away some really good bits of this film yeah. that, that was one of them definitely but then the procession continues um and they they take him up to the wicker man this is our first shot of the wicker man um which is a fine design i think uh, compared to the original i think it's something they did get right it's okay um and he basically knows at this point what's going to happen he sees this giant hay man <laughs> made out of completely full of wood and he knows okay i'm getting burnt um so he's winched to the top isn't he um to the head of the wicker man and he's basically the head is like a, a cage for him mm. um and like i say this, this is one bit of the original that I, I i remember well and it's probably because i've seen the, the clip like many times yeah. before i'd even seen the wicker man i'd seen this clip and it works one billion times better in the original yeah. to see that guy getting led up and he's screaming like no 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 like 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 you know and, and you just feel like it feels so real and and you, you know every scream you think oh my god this is this is like this is horrible this is really horrible he's getting led up and he's getting locked in a in a wicker cage and he's getting burned like and in this film for something so horrible it just felt so fucking like throw away like yeah. oh well bothered. Not, I don't know. not scary like, cgi flames no. you don't actually see him burning either um and no. they don't really dwell on the horror of the fact that he the and the irony of the the girl he came to here to rescue and then ends up finding out that is his daughter is the one to set alight the wicker man uh, that ultimately sacrifices him so they don't really dwell on that it's only for a little bit while she's walking back and i do i think those shots where he's up in the in the wicker man and looking down i think those shots work quite well but they're just not played on enough and um yeah rowan goes up and, and lights the fire um he starts screaming no and they all someone says the drone must die or they chant it or something um and they're screaming for a little bit and uh well that's the end and that's the end. That's that's the Wicker Man 2006. Yeah. Before we uh, uh, give our final reviews, there's one thing that you would have uh, noticed. that um, Where's James Franco? Yes. So, um, <laughs> I had the exact same thought. Uh, I, I, I text you, like, you know, before we did the podcast. I just basically, so I watched this film last night. I went to work today and I was thinking about it, you know, in preparation for our podcast. And then it dawned on me. I thought, where the fuck was James Franco? So, when I got home, I Googled James Franco, the Wicker Man, okay? Mm. Couldn't find any, because I wanted to find the clip that he was in. Yeah. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find an image. So that's when I text you. You right, mate? Um, you know, where was James Franco in the Wicker Man? And obviously you text back saying, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it in the podcast, wing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So did you see him? So no, he's not in this version of the Wicker Man. Uh, so... The movie ends here, but in the theatrical version, which isn't the version that's available on Amazon Prime, uh, which again, we'll talk about in a minute, because uh, the availability of this is a joke. Um, uh, in a different than the theatrical version, um, this isn't the end of the film. So it, that all happens. And then it cuts to um, in a town, two young men, one of which is um uh, James Franco um, are at a bar. Notice two pretty, pretty women in the bar as well, which ends up being Willow and Honey, um, and they're flirting with the girls. And uh, uh, who's Honey again? Sorry, just my. Um, I don't actually know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it just says <laughs> anyway, Willow and Honey. Don't worry. Yeah. So it might, yeah. it might be an unknown person, but the names of Willow and Honey. Right. Um, so they're flirting, and um, 
Willow takes one of the men to the bar. Um, Honey and the other one, uh, James Frank, Honey and James Franco remain sitting at the table as they continue to flirt. Honey asks him whether he will take her home with him when he leaves. Um, he just smiles, and then there's a close-up of Honey's face, and in the background we hear the buzzing of bees and Edward's last horrible scream. Oh, so they were they were sort of like um, I don't know, like they were they were giving us the impression that you know this this was going to sort of go on again. Yeah, they're going to keep doing things like this, but also it kind of like the one of the strong points of this film and of the original is that it ends on the the death of of the main protagonist. Um, and to add that scene in the theatrical version, uh, it either feels like they didn't have confidence in the ending or they were setting up a sequel because it's weird getting in a, a name like James Franco. Um, even at that time, he was known. He'd been in the Spider-Man films and things like that. Uh, it'd be weird to yeah. weird to set that up and not think, oh, it's because they're setting up a, a Wicker Man 2. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen because this film went down like a lead balloon but yeah i just thought it was interesting the, per- no. the person this is the second person we've linked to a, a second connection that didn't actually appear in the final cut of the film yeah i, I mean to be honest it's, it's gonna happen um yeah because you know it, like films get cut and they get edited and they get you know messed around with and um you're right it, it's happened before and it, it will definitely happen again but um, it's, it's not cheap because he he does appear in a version of the film um it's just not yeah, the version that we saw because that, that's the other thing that's worth talking about i texted you in the middle of the week and said uh wicker man's been taken off amazon uh and the actual when i looked on just watch which is what we use to basically find out what films are on what uh, services um it said amazon and stars now it doesn't mean the stars at disney plus stars which i thought it meant uh last week it's actually the stars play that's on amazon which is an additional uh rental service within amazon so you play your amazon prime and then get an add-on of stars which gives you a load more different things so that was frustrating and that's then confusing isn't it that's confusing. yeah like stars and, and then you there. you uh, made me aware of something as well you clicked on wicker man uh, 2006 and what happened yeah so last night um two things actually last night one i just got mentioned is um as me and char were having dinner um we're watching parks and rec so you know very chilled watching some sort of comedy and that and she turned to me and she said because i said i'm gonna watch my podcast movie tonight and then she said what podcast movie are you watching tonight and i just honestly right i just went i just said to her the lord of the flies and then i said <laughs> <laughs> right and i carried on eating my dinner and then i went Actually, no, I went, The Wicker Man. She went, what? That's not even like anywhere near the same. And I was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I said that. So that was the first random thing. Anyway, as you were saying, Dan, so basically I went on Amazon Prime last night and you'd already said it's been taken off Prime. So I was fully prepared to pay the free quid to, to watch it. Anyway, I went on Amazon Prime and I, I, I put in The Wicker Man and then I found the, 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 the original Wicker Man on there. And then I found the 2006 version, which was on there with the symbol to watch now, like the the prime symbol in the corner to say, you know, this is free. So I clicked on it and then it started. Basically, uh, I got the very first shot of the original Wicker Man, which is a a, a seaplane taken off, ready to take the the, the policeman um, to the island. And I, I was watching thinking, this looks old. Like, are, are they just trying to, like, do a little hark back to the original film? And I watched, like, one minute. And I was like, this is the original film. So anyway, I did this about three times. I went back on Amazon, clicked on the 2006 version, clicked on Wicker Man, and then it came up with the old one. And this happened about three times. And then on the fourth time, 
eventually I clicked on it and then it said I need to pay three quid to watch The Wicker Man 2006 yeah. and then that is what I did but anyway just strange goings on mm, I mean? weird. weird yes uh, that was that was scarier than the film <laughs> yes that was yeah it was mate um, that was that was odd and and like I, I know it's only a small thing but this evening just before we start the podcast I, I tried I typed in the Wicker Man to IMDB and it, it didn't come up with either the original or this one it came up with some weird documentary I'm like what like what the fuck like you should come up with the Wicker Man like, I, don't I know, think people weird. are trying to bury oh. this film mate yeah absolutely but i'll tell you what it, this will never get buried because this <laughs> film is a um this, this will become or is a, a cult movie because, well, do you want to uh, give yeah, us do you want to give us your review of this cult movie then mate yeah um i'd love to so this film is an absolute mess of a film this is it's um it's just it it makes so many mistakes like i do not know how films are made i you know i, I would love to I would love to work in the film industry, you know, and really understand how a director and an editor and a producer make a film. But I don't work in that industry. But I, from watching many, many films, you know, have a, I have a decent idea of how it sort of works. And uh, this just seems like it's making mistakes all over the place. And I can imagine showing this to someone who doesn't even watch movies and then going, why have they done that? And why have they done this? And why have they done that? So it makes so many mistakes. Um, Nicholas Cage, you know, it, I already mentioned, but as an actor, I, I, I generally stay clear of because I find his, I just don't like his films, to be honest, most of them. Um, and I don't think he's a very good actor in the last sort of 10, 15 years. And um, th this film um, doesn't do anything to sort of change that. Um, the other thing with this movie is that I, I hate when films like start a thread and start a, a small storyline or a plot line or a whatever and don't finish it because that confuses me. And if I get confused, I feel like it's my fault. Do you know what I mean? Like I mm. feel like I've missed something and that, that annoys me. I like being confused where they're trying to confuse me and, and they, they explain it later. But when, when I'm just confused, I, 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 that annoys me. But overall, right? Overall, I've got to say, I didn't not enjoy watching this movie. <laughs> um, so to score it is quite hard because as a film, it's proper crap. It's absolutely shit. But I did, I, I didn't enjoy it, but I did not enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mm. wasn't bored. I was, I was watching it. And do you know what? I'd watch it again. And I would tell people, watch this film because it is an interesting case study of like, how a film shouldn't be made um you know and it did make me smile so if i was scoring this film four and a half <laughs> very difficult to score though for me very difficult to score because i i although i 99 thought it was shit i didn't hate watching it mm. and it's a weird feeling yeah. so that's me i can't explain it what about you dan you explain how did you score? I, I yeah i'm gonna explain it quite similar but falling down on a different side i think slightly um the way i would summarize yours is you said you you would you'd happily watch it again um if i was to watch this again i'd quite like to sit down with a few mates and some beers and and watch it yeah. as as a like a laugh out loud like you used to watch like scream and stuff like that it'd be funny to watch yeah. this uh, but this is unintentional. That's how I would like to watch this. So maybe we'll do that one day. But for me, for a film that I had such low expectations for, this somehow really disappointed me. Um, and for not the not for the reasons that you would think it was. So having seen some of the absolute 
manic clips, you know, like you've said before, the montages you see online of Nicolas Cage going crazy in this film um, before seeing it, like the bees bit, the running around punching women in the face bit, uh, the screaming how did it get burnt bit and <laughs> all those bits, along with the so bad it's funny reviews. A lot of the reviews were say, at the time were saying, this is one of those films that's so that's so bad it's funny and enjoyable. And I saw a load of those, and that's what made me think this is going to be a laugh out laugh out loud riot, which which I which I said last week. I was really looking forward to this one, and unfortunately, I don't think it wasn't bad enough, like so bad that it's really funny, and it wasn't good enough to really enjoy on its own merit. So I'm somewhere in the middle of there. Like similar to you, I think. I was disappointed about how average the majority of the film was. So yeah, it's not bad enough to be really funny, and it's it's wasn't good enough to really actually enjoy. Any worse, and I think I would have loved it. If it was throughout the whole thing, if it was like the last like 15, 20 minutes, I would have absolutely loved it. Any better, and I may have actually appreciated it on its own merits. Um, as it is, I think Nick, Nick Cage has very few, but <laughs> very welcomed manic outbursts, <laughs> which are the best bits in the film uh, for me. I did laugh aloud a few times, but not for, for good reasons, uh, as far as the filmmakers are concerned. Uh, I just wanted more of that. I felt the direction and editing needed another part as we've mentioned throughout here i think they were punching out for the day when it comes to a lot of it, it just felt half-assed um but as expected i just wanted to watch the original when sitting through this um i think i mentioned that in, while we were talking about it i just sat there thinking i, I just want to watch this or midsummer and I, I kind of agree with you in in regards to I, I would watch it again like i don't hate it i don't love it i wanted it to be so bad it's good but it ended up being so average it was painful so <laughs> I, unbelievably, and I kind of want to share my screen with you, um, gave it four and a half out of ten as well. Ah, four and a half! Like, so we're on page with that, so um, that's awesome, mate. Awesome. One sec, mate. I've uh, just got a message from Cass. Uh, just got to get back to her. She says, don't panic and don't come home yet, but I've got level five, right. ten, five to ten period pains oh. and aching vagina and back pain. It's mild and been for about 45 minutes, so she might be going to labour, so I've just got to watch my phone. Oh, my God! This will be the most exciting episode ever. Like, you're like I've got to go. Like, my baby's coming. Like, uh, if you need to ring a mate, just ring her. If you need to crack on, just do what you know. What I mean, get yeah. get get your baby to hospital. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll do a, we'll do a, one of those rush rush to the airport slash hospital uh, scenes. What's the latest, Dan? What's happening? Uh, they've they've asked her to come in, so it might be early signs of labour. So we'll see. You need to get to the. So what's <laughs> happening then? So you're going to go home, grab cat. Yeah, and then we're going to go down to the hospital. But, but keep us updated, mate. Give us a text. We'll do, mate. And now, a short intermission. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Well, as you may have just heard, uh, we had a rather unexpected interruption to our scheduled programming. And we are now speaking to you from the future. 
during recording of uh, the last episode, my wife uh, went into labor and fast forward four weeks, uh, we're back finishing off the episode uh, of The Wicker Man. Uh, where did we get to, George? Um, so I think we were just about to play um, a game um, off the back of us, you know, watching and reviewing The Wicker Man. That's right. We Yes. Yeah, so we finished our reviews, didn't we? So we both thought it was terrible, correct? Correct. Yeah, we both um, gave it a really low score, even though I think we, um, like I say, we found a bit of joy in watching such an awful film. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got a bit of baby brain, so I can't really remember anything of what we talked about before. <laughs> no, it was a few weeks ago, but um, I've got a game basically based around the Wicker Man. Now, um, as like as we talked about all those weeks ago, which is weird because you know for everyone listening, it'll be like. 30 seconds ago but anyway i love this like time bending sort of thing now i've got a new child in my house since we last spoke which is weird yeah and also i've got to say um, on the podcast congratulations on having um you know your your, your uh, young son um it's amazing news mate and um yeah you know you've got thank you very now, much so excellent no yeah. worries mate like i say it's great it was great to meet him a few weeks back as well and um yeah you know good luck with everything mate thank you very much um, it's tiring but worth it yeah, excellent. And like I say, it's great to get back to, to podcasting, you know, when you can, because obviously, you know, you're, you're a busy man. But yeah, you're, um, you know, your time is precious. And um, yeah, I'm happy we're doing our podcast again. Good to be back, mate. Good to be back. Excellent. Well, so the game I came up with, basically, I did a bit of research into uh, The Wicker Man. And um, it wasn't a surprise to me that it had, it had gained or, or garnished quite a few um, uh, Golden Raspberry uh, or Razzie <laughs> nominations. Um and for anyone listening who doesn't know what a Razzie award is, uh, it's it's like the alternative to the Oscars, where if, if a film has been particularly awful, it will get uh, nominated for Razzies and uh, it might even win in a category. So there'll be a category like worst film, worst screenplay, worst original score, just like the Oscars, but instead of best, it says worst. And um, yeah, so... The Wicker Man with Nicolas Cage, it, it, it got quite a lot of Razzie uh, nominations. It was actually up for five Razzies. Wow. It was up for Worst Picture, Worst Actor, Worst Screenplay, um, Worst Remake or Rip-Off. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's mental. I love the categories. And the other one is Worst On-Screen Couple. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it actually didn't win any Razzies, even though it was it was up for five. That's an let you know. outrage, uh, absolute outrage. <laughs> I want to see if you've seen any of the films that did um, beat it to a Razzie, because like I've heard of these films are crap, I haven't actually seen them. So it it lost out to the worst picture to Basic Instinct Two. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that actually. Uh, I have seen the original Basic Instinct, and I always thought I should get around to watching the, the sequel, but never have. Oh, well, if we can come to that film, we must. It, <laughs> it must be bad. Um, so Nicholas Cage, he was up for a worst actor Razzie, and um, he actually lost out uh, to Marlon and Sean Wayans for the film Little Man. Yeah, I have seen that. <laughs> well, Little Man actually did pretty well at this Razzie because worst remake or ripoff <laughs> went to Little Man, <laughs> and. <laughs> Worst on-screen couple, um, Nicolas Cage and his bear suit <laughs> lost to Sean Wayans and Marlon Wayans for Little Man. So it did pretty well, Little Man. <laughs> also, um, it also lost worst screenplay, 
and that was the Razzie was taken home by Basic Instinct Two. So, yeah, big year for the Razzie. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, but what I did is basically I found um, a quiz um, uh, all about uh, the Razzies, and I don't know the answers to these, so I thought. Uh, like we've done before, we can maybe do the quiz together and then we could see sort of how we get on. You know? Love it. Looking forward to this. I love these things. Let's do it. Yeah, I like this. I like the teamwork involved and the it's the, it's the usual sort of format. It's, it's yeah. four options. Like, so the first question, Dan, um, all about the Razzies, is like the Oscar, the Razzie, the more popular name of the award. What is its proper name? Is it the Razzle Dazzle Award? The Arthur J. Razman Award? The Golden Raspberry Award or the Lord Razzleton's Award? <laughs> uh, it's, it's C, isn't it? C. Let's click C. And um, just to really wrap the tension up, mate, it's one of these ones where we don't know the answer till the end. Oh, <laughs> nice. We'll go with C. <laughs> we'll go with Golden Raspberry. Golden Raspberry, um, yeah. Questions? Golden Raspberry. Um, question two. In what year was the first Razzie awarded? Was oh. it 1980, 81, 82 or 83 i haven't got a clue i haven't got a clue either no idea i'm trying to think whether there was a particular film that came out that inspired them to do it um a really bad one mm, but no i I have no clue so what was it 80 81 82 83 yeah pretty mean when they do that because like the margin for error is so small (laughs) it's tempting to go for the earlier or later one surely yeah, should we go the early 80? 80. 80, let's do 80, yep. So we've gone with A. Um, question number three. What is the approximate value of the Razzie trophy? <laughs> what, on eBay? <laughs> I don't know, like mental. So here we go. The options are about $5, about $8, 10 or about $12. So again, <laughs> quite small margin for error. <laughs> Random question. Okay. Um, I'll so, let you, you go for that one, Dan. What do you reckon? So, what are the options? Um, five, eight, ten, or twelve. I'm tempted by eight, you know. Yeah, let's go yeah, eight, mate. Let's, let's, go let's eight. do it. Boom, right. So, that's eight. Um, question number four um, Which actor below has the dubious honour of being the first recipient of the worst actor Razzie? <laughs> So there's some big names here. So the four options are Anthony Hopkins, uh, Neil Diamond, Brandon, um, Kirk Douglas, or Michael Caine. So thinking, so if at first, we're assuming that there's been a worst actor award since the very first ceremony, which would have been in the yeah. early to mid late eighties. Um, yeah. Any so, awful movies starring Anthony? Hopkins, Neil Diamond, Kirk Douglas, or Michael Caine. Well, I know Michael Caine's been in a fair few shockers. Yeah, I was going to say the first one I was drawn to is Michael Caine because, yeah. um, although he's in some absolute bangers of a film, he's also in some yeah really bad ones. When um, when was so, George Jaws three D out? I don't know. Why is that a bad one? It sounds bad. <laughs> Jaws three D is the one that he took just so he could buy uh, a new house. <laughs> he was sent the script and he he was just oh I'll, just, I'll give it a read and it says opening. Something like Barbados, <laughs> and he was like, "I'm in." <laughs> he saw the location. He's like, "Yeah." Yeah. So, Jaws, the original Jaws. When was that? What date? What year was that? Seventy-eight, just off the top of my head. I, was like, I thought, yeah, I thought it was seventy-five. So, hmm. 
if Jaws 2 then was, I don't know. If Jaws 2 was, what, a few years later? 78, something like that? Jaws You'd 3. think it'd be just a couple of years later, yeah. yeah. They, they would have to capitalise the popularity of the film. This is all pointing to me to, to for Michael Caine, but it might have been later, I don't know. Let's go with Michael Caine. Yeah. I reckon we've got enough there to, to go with Michael Caine, but it, it could be any of them. I mean, it'd be surprising it was Anthony Hopkins, but, I mean, the Razzies, uh, I don't know how they <laughs> how they decide on what's so bad, but exactly. we'll, we'll see. Um, number five, then. Which actress below actually attended and accepted her award for worst actress just <laughs> one night before she actually won the Oscar for the best actress. I think. No, do I? I think so. I think it's Halle Berry. Well, she's an option, uh, definitely. The fact that you thought that before it came up. It's a bit like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Isn't yeah. it? You know. So I, I think she, she won for Monster's Ball and she was nominated for Catwoman. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I know Catwoman's meant to be really bad. It is. It really is. Um, I'll tell you the options. We had Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, Halle Berry and I'll tell you what the next one one I thought it might be but I think you're right with Halle Berry but um, I, I thought it might be Sandra Bullock oh do you know what it sounds yeah, like I so- seem to remember her being like see I might be I might be swayed by the fact that um, Halle Berry I know was nominated the same year for both a Oscar and a um, Golden Raspberry but now you said Sandra Bullock I'm thinking maybe and I don't know if this is a fact, but she could have even she could have even been nominated for the same film because I think that's might that might have happened before where yeah. the Razzies consider it really awful. The Oscars are like that's brilliant. Yeah, that has happened. But what would she? So what? So she was nominated for that uh, American football film, wasn't she? What was that? Um, but she was nominated for an Oscar for that because the one I thought. Even though I didn't think this film was too bad, but was Crash? Crash? I can't remember. I don't remember much about Crash, to be honest. I can't remember her in it. Uh, I just, I don't know why. I just, it's a sort of film where the Oscars don't See, really like it, but I can imagine a lot of people, like the Raspberries, would be it, like, oh, it's so bad. It feels like something Sandra Bullock would do. Or, yeah. uh, laugh. Yeah, exactly. But would, do you see Halle Berry at the Razzies? I think I, I, the fact that I thought it was Halle Berry before it came up. Yeah, I think we go that. I think we go that, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go Halle Berry. Let's lock it in. And um, that was number five. Number six then, um, in 1999, who was named as the worst actor of the century? <laughs> in what year, sorry? 1999. Okay, end of the century. 1999, yeah. yeah. Um, the first one, in fact, I haven't actually heard of. So, um, I'll read it out. So, Paulie Shaw. Oh yeah, Paulie Shaw. Yeah, he's he's like a comedy actor. His his mum runs the uh, comedy, and he he was like a son, grew up around comedians and stuff, and then went into uh, like uh, movies, like comedy movies. Uh, you, you all know him from things like Have you ever seen Biodome? No, I, I'm just looking up his um, his face and his sort of back catalogue now. I've never heard of Biodome. Um, I recognise his face. Yeah, he's not a great actor. Is the uh, is the whole thing? So he's a possibility. The second one, then, um, again, all these are possibilities. Second one then is Eddie Murphy. Okay, fair. Um, the third one, 
it hurts to say it, but uh, you know, some of the films aren't great. Is that always performative? Is Sly Stallone? <laughs> that, definitely in the nineties, he had a he had a rough harsh. patch, didn't he? Yeah, um, it'll be harsh. But yeah. like you say, you know, in the nineties, maybe he did do some stinkers, and so you know that'll harm. You know, all that will increase his chance of a Razzie. And the um, <laughs> the fourth one again, probably deserving of of being nominated, is Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, Steven Seagal. Poorly sure, Eddie Murphy, Sylvester Stallone, or Steven Seagal. Who would you say would be the worst actor of the century? Well, I've got one in my head. Who I think it might be. I I think they. I'd be tempted to say it was uh, Steven Seagal, considering um, he he had a bit of a bright start to his career, even though he couldn't act. Um. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. But also, sliced alone had a great seventies, eighties. He tailed off a bit, and then nineties were terrible. Um, I think it's him. I really yeah. do. I think that I got a feeling it's Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, I, let's go Sylvester Stallone. Mm, we'll go. We'll go with him. We'll see how we get on. <laughs> um, so um, number seven is. Um, which Nicolas Cage movie was given a special award in 97 for worst reckless disregard for human life and public property. Okay, so um, there's three options on this one. Um, we've got The Rock, we've got uh, Con Air, and we've got Face Off. So films I know we've both seen and I know we, we enjoy. Um, what do you reckon? What was, what was the year again? The year was 97, which for me, I think it's face-off because of the year. Yeah, face-off was 97. When was Con Air, though? Because they were quite close up. Because I think of Con Air as being a bit more um, heavy on the um, killing people, like the plane crash at the end. and. Yeah, because the category is re- the worst reckless disregard for human life and public property. Because the plane crashes in, in uh, Las Vegas. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Um, I think I, I think yeah, I think it might be Conair. The Rock's a bit earlier, isn't it? Isn't that more like ninety five, ninety six? I think Rock was ninety six. He had a period of like two or three years where he was just banging out some, some big films like mm. Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Face Off, and Conair. I'm pretty sure were the same year. So if we're saying Face Off was definitely ninety seven, I think Conair was ninety seven as well. Um, mm. And then he did like Eight Millimeter and City of Angels and all that lot, and then tailed off slightly, didn't he? Oh yeah, just a touch. And now we're left with the Wicker Man and <laughs> yeah. everything that came of that. Should we go with Conair? Conair, Conair, yeah. Conair, cool. So there's three more questions. Um, question eight: um, wh- Which director of video game inspired films like Blood Rain, <laughs> House of the Dead, and Alone in the Dark was awarded a Razzie in twenty in two thousand and nine for worst career achievement? I know this. The Razzies, the Razzies called him Germany's answer to Ed Wood. So I haven't got a clue, Dan. This is Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. And with this one, um, I have to um, I have to actually type it in. Uh, so okay. It's not an option one. So how, would I, how are you giving this one, mate? Uwe oh, good Boll. question. I, I think his first name is spelled E-W... No, sorry, U-W-E. Um, U-W-E, that's I think. Right, yeah. It's, okay. it's okay if I look it up. And it, it's, it's, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, it's B. Yeah. So his surname is B O L L. B O L L. Wow, that's, that's a bit of a crazy name. So yeah. good knowledge there, mate. Uwe Boll. Yeah, Uwe. I think it's pronounced because German. Uwe Boll. 
I think you've um talked about this guy before. Hasn't he got like quite a colourful history with oh, him? Is he, in he, he he kicks off a lot. Oh yeah, he he offers out um <laughs> he, he offers out to fight critics. Anyone who <laughs> pulls him down, he he says, <laughs> "All right, let's get in the boxing ring." What a legend! Yeah, I've definitely heard you um, you talk about him before. Yeah. Um, his films aren't films I've ever seen, but he sounds like a bit of a character for sure. They call him Raging Ball. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> Raging Ball. That's <Yeah>. amazing. <laughs> um, so number nine is uh, all five films below were nominated in '99 for the worst picture of decade. Which film won? So worst film in the '90s, basically. So okay. there's. Um, five. There's five options here. I've seen a couple of them. Um, the first one, not one I've seen, Hudson Hawk. Mm. I haven't seen it. Second one, Showgirls. Yeah, terrible. Absolutely terrible. Terrible, but strangely engrossing. <laughs> <laughs> the swimming pool scene, specifically, is one of the yeah. strangest scenes. Thrashing around and shit. <laughs> yeah. um, the the third one is um, Stripty. Um, the fourth one. It's The Postman. Oh, that's bad. That's a Kevin Costner movie. Yeah. Isn't it? And the last one um, is, I've never heard of this, it's an Alan Smith film, Burn Hollywood Burn. Oh, okay. So where would you go, Dan? What were your your gut saying? Oh, this is is hard. It is, isn't it? Striptease and Showgirl, I know, are bad films. Postman is bad. And this was in 1999, right? So it was the worst film mm. of the decade. Um, I'd be inclined to think that maybe they would go with one that was quite close to 1999 because it's in the memory, if you know what I mean. Mm. Like if we're yeah. saying what's the worst film of uh, the 2010s, you're more likely to go one recent that you remember being fucking disappointed by. Um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Because yeah. like, it's rare to go, oh, a film from Chicago is the worst film of the whole 10 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. But this is where I come to a. When did they all come out? Do you know the one I was um, the one I was guess, and it's only because like it's so famously bad. Is Showgirls? Yeah. Even though I think that was early nineties, I would guess like ninety three, ninety four. But it's just got such a following of being so crap. Yeah. That. It, uh, for, do you know what I mean? For me, it's between. It was between that one and the Postman because I know the Postman was a bit later. In the nineties, but I think Showgirls is probably worse than Postman. Should we go? Should, should we go, go show Showgirls? Let's do it. Let's do it, mate. And the final one is two American presidents have won Razzies. True or false? Uh, I would be tempted to say that was true. <laughs> I hope it's true. Yeah, we're going through. Yeah. <laughs> right then, should we do this? Do it. Right. Submit answers. So this is out of ten, so, yeah. This is out of ten, mate. This is out of ten. Right, the first one then. So it was um, like the Oscars. The Razzies. Uh, the real name is the Golden Raspberry Award. So well done, Dan. Great yes. Second one. What year was the first Razzie? We got it wrong. We were only out by a year. It was nineteen eighty-one. Ah, oh, fuming. Um, approximate value of the Razzie Trophy. Oh, he said eight. It's actually less. It's five dollars. <laughs> I know. Very harsh. So, um, which actor below has the dubious honour of being the first recipient of the of the worst actor? We went Michael Caine. It was actually Neil Diamond. <laughs> so, next one then. Uh, which actress 
um, actually attended and accepted her award for worst actress on the same night or a, a, a night between. It was actually Sandra Bullock. And we went Halle Berry. We did. So ah. in 2010, I'm just having I'm a look. She was nominated for and won the worst actress Razzie. She also won the worst. She also won the best actress um, the next evening. Um, oh, it should be noted the awards were not for the same movie. She got the Razzie for All About Steve. Yeah. She won an Oscar for The Blind Side. That's the film I was trying to think of. I couldn't fucking remember it. Blind Side. The film you were thinking yeah. of. The Blind Side. That's it. So in 2005, Halle Berry also attended the ceremony and accepted her worst actress Razzie for Catwoman. Yeah. She won the Best Actress Oscar for Monsters Ball in 2001. So she did win both. Ah, uh, but they're different years. Different years, yeah. So, you know what I mean? You were close on that, mate. That, was, um, that was a tricky one. Um, next one then, uh, 99, who is named worst actor of the century? We actually got this correct. It was sliced the Yes. <laughs> um, number seven, um, Nicolas Cage movie, worst reckless disregard for human life and public property. We got it correct with Conair. Yes. Boom. Um, great. Where you had to put the name of the, the uh, video game film director in. And you got a spot on, mate. Uwe Ball. Yep. Happy with that one. Um, Lev, well done, mate. That was that was some good knowledge. That it's, it, and it, it didn't give us any options, so that mm. was a that was a tricky one. Um, number nine. Uh, all five films below were nominated in '99 for Worst Picture of the Decade. Which film won? We actually got this correct. It was Showgirls. Oh yes. And the last one, two American presidents have won Razzies. The answer is true. So we've got this right. George W. Bush was named worst actor in 2004 for his role as himself in Fahrenheit, <laughs> Fahrenheit 9 11. <laughs> um, Ronald Reagan was also given a Razzie for worst career achievement in 81. <laughs> Excellent. And that wraps up the, the Razzie quiz. So, how many did um, we yeah, get right? So you, um, we got, let's have a little look. We got one, two, three. Um, four, five. Oh, we did a well on the on the, the back five. Yeah. Uh, we got five. I think we got. Oh, we got six out of ten, which actually I don't think is a bad score. For Not too bad. We're, we're better at good cinema than bad cinema. We are, you know, which is a, definitely a, a good thing. But um, yeah, no, that was um, like I say, we did well down. I enjoy those ones doing with you because you know. It, <laughs> Builds up the tension. I, you know, I didn't know any of them. So, um, yeah. Well Good. Done. Well, at some point there, mate, you mentioned uh, an award for the worst remake or rip-off, I think. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Worst remake slash rip-off. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, I thought The Wicker Man is one of the worst uh, rip-offs slash remakes and specifically one of the worst horror movie remakes in history. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up a list online um, and it turns out people don't think necessarily it is the worst. There are others out there. So I thought we'd play a bit of higher or lower on remake hot takes. All right. So... I love it. I got a list of films. Uh, I'm going to start with The Wicker Man, and I want you to tell me if the film I read out afterwards is higher or lower on the list, um, or worse or better, according to the people who voted. So we start with The Wicker Man, obviously, because that's what we watched, obviously, 2006 version. Compare that to the 1998 remake of Psycho. Do you think Psycho is worse or better than The Wicker Man? Oh, so this is the, the Vince Vaughn one, isn't it? Yes. 
Um, this was actually the first time I ever saw Vince Vaughn in a, like a film or he ever appeared, like, you know, on Same. my radar. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he, you know, and it's really weird, like, to do a film like this and then to become, like, a big comedy mm. film actor. Yeah. Hmm. Do I think this fair, this is better or worse? I think, I've got to say, worse. Worse than The Wicker Man. It's actually slightly better. So The Wicker Man was 21 on the list and Psycho yeah. is 23. So that gives you a gauge of how bad the remakes are going to be because the, <laughs> these are actually quite low down the list. So the next one wow. is the 2003 remake of the classic Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Better or worse? Um, and am I saying better or worse than... Um, Psycho. Psycho. So, I think better than Psycho, in my humble opinion. It is worse. Yeah. Worse? <laughs> yeah. It's... So people thought that that was, the, that was worse than The Wicker Man and worse than Psycho. It's number 10 on the list of worst remakes. So quite a bit wow. worse. Wow. I am shocked because some... I remember watching that movie at once. I didn't like hate it as much as you know the, the Wicker Man and Psycho, but obviously you know everyone's got their opinion. I've got to say, I've got to say, I agree with you. I would, I would put Psycho lower than both of these so far. Yeah. I mean, uh, next one, mate. So, going from number ten, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, to 2010's remake of A Nightmare on Elm Street. It, it, obviously, people hated the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I'm surprised at. I'm going to say that people this fared better. This was this is more warmly received, even though I probably wouldn't say it's better. Than <laughs> so I'd be better. It was actually fared worse again. It's number seven, so three worse. Wow! So that's that's you know regarded as the seventh worst horror movie mm, remake in history. Exactly. Wow! And again, I think this um, recency takes uh, uh, an aspect in this. I think people think of the most recent ones that come out so that was 2010 and i think people yeah. got that horrible remake that recently came out um yeah next one is from 2013 so even more recent but do you think the remake of carrie is considered worse or better than a nightmare on elm street oh well i haven't seen this the remake of carrie um i'd like to because i really like the original and i'd like to see you know how amazing slash butchered you know the, the remake would be i would say that this i'd say that this 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 is looked upon as being better than the the nightmare on elm tree yes mate quite a bit better in fact there we go so from Happy numbers days. from number seven a nightmare on elm street to number 24 for carrie oh wow so like i say quite a long way you know uh down the list you know it's considered a lot better that's right and well yeah, still shit. It's still on the 25 list of worst, but a lot better. Yeah. I was saying, the funny thing is, like, these, these, I was about to say that, these are all meant to be really shit, aren't they? But it's how shit are they? Exactly. Uh, speaking of which, I think you might be able to guess this one. So from 2013 to 2007 remake of one of the greatest movies of all time, Halloween from 1978. Ah, oh, so this is the Rob Zombie one. Yes, it is. So not the most recent sequel from the, the second one, but actually the the remake in 2007. Yeah. The one that gave Michael Myers like a backstory where like, he was a kid and yeah. like, you know, he grew up and stuff. And I think this I think this is really not liked by people and I think that it's gonna fare it's gonna be higher up that list 
than than carry i think it's going to be worse than carry it certainly is mate in fact it's the second worst film oh wow so so on this list it's considered the second worst horror remake you know it of all time yeah That's, exactly um, yeah i to be honest i can see that um it's not far you know, off from me no but i'm honestly right i'm intrigued to find out what number one is so <laughs> keep on going mate so any of these next ones i read out could be number one but they might not be so Ooh. from 2013 the remake of evil dead was that worse or better than halloween well, I, I would be absolutely shocked if this was number one. Well, I wouldn't be shocked, but I just I'd be surprised. So, so I, I think that this fared better than Halloween. It did, but only slightly. It's number four, and yeah. I I disagree with that. Now, I think it's a completely different film. It doesn't need to be a remake of the original Evil Dead, but I think there were some really good bits in in that remake. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I have seen it, and I didn't hate it. Um, it's obviously not a patch on like the, the classic, you know, original, always sort of two movies. But yeah, um, yeah I, I didn't hate that film. If someone said to me, you know, what do you think of the the, the most modern Evil Dead? I, I'd say, oh, it's okay. I, I didn't mind it too much. So I'm surprised. But, okay. okay, so next one, mate. What about the 2017 remake of It? Wow, that's in the in the top 25 worst mm. because. The, I'll tell you what, part one, I like a lot, actually. Part two, I, it was well too long and cloddy and I got really bored, but I liked number one. So, for me, I have to say it fares better than The Evil Dead. It has to be, for me, lower down that list. <laughs> okay, well, I can tell you. Say it, Dan. <laughs> just a second, I'm just reloading it. <laughs> oh, God. So, Evil Dead was <laughs> number four. It... Yeah is quite a lot better at 19. Oh, yeah, okay, they've got that. Well, I say right. I mean, I quite like that film, so I, I disagree with it sort of being on the list. Yeah. But, you know, um, fair enough, yeah, quite a lot better. Okay, that makes sense. And the next one, and I will say final one, is the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead. I like this film. I really like this film. What this must be, though, this must be really, really hardcore fans, you know, hating, sorry, loving the original and absolutely despising, you know, any sort of remake because um, I didn't hate this at all. So my um, heart would say that this, I like this better than it. So I would say it fares better. It doesn't, though. <laughs> it comes in at number 13. Number five. Yeah. Um, mad. So... You start revealed what number one is. I'm intrigued. Number one is Martyrs from 2015. Now, I left it off the list, basically, because I'm not sure whether you've seen either, um, in which case no. it might be an outlier, so I thought it would be a bit harsh to add that in. But that really got a shoe in. It only got four-star rating on on uh, IMDb and a meta score of 22, so it was quite by far and away the worst remake. Wow. Um, could you read the top ten, just so I... Yep. In at one, Martyrs. <laughs> Two was Halloween. Three was The Fog. Four, Evil Dead. Five, Flatliners. Six, Friday the 13th from 2009. Uh, then seven, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Eight, The Ring. Nine, The Grudge. And ten, A Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, wow. So 
interesting list because there's I'm sure you'll see the same there's films in there that we both like you know like yeah yeah I, <laughs> um, I think it's it's harsh on quite a lot there like I get why people don't like like for me Psycho would be higher up on the list I think it's one of the worst remakes I've ever seen um and yeah. I just I get a lot of the hate for some of them, like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. But I think the Dawn of the Dead, although completely different to the original, has its merits as well. I think uh, that that I really enjoyed. It. I thought it was a bit of a horror romp. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember that bit at the start with that little girl uh, in the you know in, in the suburbs, you know, sort of turning yeah. into a zombie and stuff. It was um, yeah, I, I I liked that. I thought it was good. But I guess sometimes people they look over whether it was a good film or not yeah. and they just see why are they remaking it? Like, I can't believe it. And they see all the differences and that, that maybe clouds their vision. You know? And it happens even, even with me, you know, with a film maybe I really like, if, it's, if it got remade, I might be sort of nitpicking and saying, oh, this, that and the other. So sometimes it's good to sort of look past that. But what an interesting list, mate. And uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable game. And we've just uh, talked half an hour about shit movies, which is what I've missed the last uh, month, mate. I know, it's so nice to get back to it, isn't it, mate? It feels good. <laughs> so, normally at this point, we'd play a little game of uh, me guessing what the next film is. But because of the way uh, the deck has been handed uh, and we've had to come back and record, we're doing back-to-back -back sessions today and it's already been revealed to me what film we have to watch. So there's no tension here, audience, except for you guys at home. So maybe uh, you want to give us a few clues or give the audience a few clues as to what the next film is, George. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, the next film then uh, stars someone who obviously was in The Wicker Man. Um, the person who, th this um, actor or actress, wasn't in The Wicker Man loads. They came into it probably about three quarters into the movie. And they played a quite, they played a, a part, uh, a character who'd been talked about a lot. This person actually played like the leader of the, of the, the village of people. And the reason I picked this, um, this I, I would say it now, actress, is because when I looked at all the actors and actresses in this movie and who to pick next, uh, this name popped up straight away because they're probably like the third or fourth highest billed person in this movie. And I knew the name straight away, not because I've seen loads of her films, but because she's in one film that is a film I've seen a lot and I've got loads to talk about, uh, you know, this film. So I was immediately drawn to this actress and this film. So it wasn't a hard decision. I didn't even look at any of the other actors. I didn't look at any of their back catalogues. I went straight to this actress and straight to this movie. And it's a great choice, I must say, mate. When you told me, uh, we met up for one of these park walks. Um, <laughs> uh, when you told me, I was like, I can't wait to watch this because it's been a while. And I, I couldn't remember what I thought of it. So um, who is the actress? So the actress I've chosen, um, she goes by the name of Eileen Burstyn. And I think you either know that name or you don't. And if you do, you'll probably know that she's synonymous with a bit of a classic film, which is... The Exorcist. Yes. Here we go. Uh, now, go, usually now we talk about how we excited how excited we are to watch it um, for next week. We have already seen it and we're about to watch it now. But for you listening at home, you'll have to wait another week and we'll talk about it yeah. next week. But me and George are going to hang up this podcast now and get straight into talking about it. So unlucky, but you're going to have to wait another week. Uh, but we're going to talk about it right now. So that's the end of this podcast. Let's get straight on to the next one, George. Boom. I'll um, see you in... Two seconds, mate. Yeah, we'll speak to everyone else in a week, but I'll see you in a couple of seconds. Yeah. Cheers, <laughs> Cheers, mate. Bye. <laughs>